Lights, camera, action. Hello and welcome to another edition of Movie Madness in association with Spitballing Pod. I'm Luke Byron, joined as always by Keenan Bonner, and we have Tom Kennett with us today too. The match that we'll be getting into today is 2006's The Departed versus 1993's Carlito's Way. Um, I know it's been a while. Um, TK, do you know what we do here in our section? Uh, what do you mean? Let's say you have no idea what we do here and leave it at that. Okay, yeah. If you had any idea about what we do, we would not be good at what we do. Ah, uh, you got me. You got me. Very good. <laughs> Excellent. Brought it back to the old school. Um, I thought it was a bit heavy. I did message Keenan in the week saying, can I open calling him a uh, rat fuck? And it felt a bit strong. So um, <laughs> we'd save I said that maybe an hour in. He did, yeah. We'll save that for maybe 45 you're minutes a, to an hour in. You're a shit house. You're a shit house. It's not my fault. Yeah. You're a rat. You're a rat. Um, the Departed, we will start with um, the synopsis. An undercover cop and a mole in the police. To... An undercover cop and a mole in the police attempt to identify each other while infiltrating an Irish gang in South Boston. As always, Keenan, what do you mm. think the critics have to say about this? Oh, they loved it. They're not wrong. Scorsese claims to have a. I can't speak today. Scorsese oh. claims to be appalled by the violence in life and in his own films, yet he continues to glamorise sociopaths. <laughs> That's what people want. For 150 minutes, The Departed delivers a visceral punch you're unable to dodge. It's the best American crime film since Michael Mann's Heat. Nice little callback to last week. Yeah, Scorsese proves... with a statement or not. What, the best since? Yeah. That's, that's no affliction to Heat. No, no. I just He's trying to think of what's, what's gone in between. Yeah. A decent chunk of time. Yeah, um, but... Scorsese proves he can just simply entertain. The Departed may be his most commercial film yet, but the, but the fluidity of the camera work, the intricate storytelling, and the exquisite tension leave no doubt that you're in the hands of a master. The Departed yeah. is a near perfect. These are killing me. Is a near perfect synthesis of cinematic genius and commercial appeal. Quite Why possibly. Do you think it's my Wi-Fi the way you stopped. <laughs> One week off hosting business and he's been all over the shop. Um, well, last week there was one that I, had yeah, you did well actually on that, that one. was insane. Yeah, I was uh, impressed that you got through that. These I should probably just practice them before, but I tried practicing a Boston accent and it, it just didn't go to plan. So <laughs> I'll leave that to everyone else. Um, I wish we had some outtakes of that. <laughs> No, like when you're on your own and you're still doing them quietly shows the lack of confidence. <laughs> no chest involved with that. No. The Departed is a near perfect synthesis of cinematic genius and commercial appeal. Quite possibly the most accomplished and accessible film from one of the greatest living directors. Finally, the definitive Boston Irish mob movie of our era was made by an Italian from Queens. Keenan, top of your head, is there a better Boston Irish mob movie? Is there a better Irish mob? No. Well, you've got Kill the Irishman, which I actually quite like, but no one else seems to like. Um, 
I suppose is the Bond Duke Saints camp. Well, technically Irish, and then obviously yeah, quite good well, I saw that on a list when I was looking to compare earlier. What did you think of Live by Night if you saw that? Ben Stiller. Ben saw it. Not Ben yeah, Stiller, no, Ben I, I, I'm not. I'm not. To, I yet to see it. I want to give it a go. I, it was it okay. sl- I know it got slated. Yeah. Um, but I do want to give remember, it a go. Just because I, I like Affleck. I just remember I Ben Affleck in a white suit in it, and that's literally all I remember. Yeah, and I also like the Prohibition era stuff. So I, I will get to it. But it's, it's a fair, it's a lengthy one, isn't it? Yeah. Around the same time, he was slipping it to Anna de Armas, I think, before she uh, blew up a bit. Nice, nice word, that. Yeah, oh, um, his list can, is sensational. Can you count gangs? Can you count gangs in New York? That's yeah, the I mean that was on the yeah, list yeah, I saw. Yeah. Um, also, that's we're doing that on the podcast in the new year. Um, really, oh, nice. And as an Irish one, Keenan um, Ronan as well. If you count that as gangs, I, su- I, I suppose. <laughs> Bit of a stretch, but I would suppose so. I was just also, thinking of the Irish films because I saw also, in Bruges um, in there. Oh, what, what, sensational sensational have you, have you seen Ronin TK uh, no I haven't actually no I've some, some great car chases in there mm. no give it a watch mate it's uh, worthwhile yeah very um, much one of those that's always felt like I should have and just haven't Ronin I'm trying to think what else there's a I mean technically I suppose it's not really Irish mob but I know, as an Irish gangster film it's not called there's two films about him actually uh, one's called The General um a guy who ended up being killed by the IRA, but he was a thief uh, and he was a criminal. He's called good, they're quite good. One's got um Brendan Gleason in it, and one might be called Harding Criminal. So, I might I found Martin, Ke- Martin Kale is the fact, Martin Kale is the fact, and Kevin Spacey is in one. I know we don't really talk about Kevin Spacey these days. We but... spoke about him last week, <laughs> we? yeah. Um, we did. Oh, nice. What one did we do? You did Baby Driver, didn't you? There we go. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was um, the first time I'd watched a Kevin Spacey film since all this has gone on and thought, I feel a bit uncomfortable with this. Everything else, everything else I've watched it and I thought, I don't really see what people are talking about. I can sort of separate the two if you like. And he's always playing a bit of a bastard, isn't it? Yeah. I was watching watching that thinking, yeah, this is a little odd. Maybe just because a young protege or whatever, it all got a bit weird for me. Well, what was weird when we were doing it was um, so much of the trivia was essentially everyone else involved in the film saying, oh, it was such a delight to see it uh, basically <laughs> go to work. And then me and Keenan, I think, for the whole thing, felt a bit like you needed to preface any kind of good thing you were saying about him. Yeah. Um, Great actor, but he's a monster, just constantly saying that. Yeah. <laughs> I found a list of Irish mob movies. Um, South with uh, Donnie Wahlberg. Sure. I can't imagine. In Bruges. Great. Oh, fantastic. Kill the Irishman, as you said. Boondock Saints, as you said. Black Mass, what we've already we've already done, and we'll speak about a bit later. Um Cardboard Gangsters, exploring the underbelly of the oh, Dublin underworld. Yeah, he's got a he like never acted before. He was just, he's a tra- he's a travel he was a, he's an actual traveller, he'd never acted before. Got he like wanted really wanted to be an actor. Not bad actually. Poster looks but, horrific. Yeah, if it's the film, I think it is because it was two come out come out around about the same time. But one was John um, one was on Netflix. That's you, man. Yeah, yeah. I actually, it looks. Yeah, basically, it looks like it should. That poster. It looks like if you change the title to Rise of the Foot Soldier Nine, like yeah, I yeah, yeah question yeah. it. No, actually, <laughs> but that is basically what it is. But instead of being set yeah. in London with a load of cockneys, load of Irish blokes. Uh, the General, done by John Borman with Brendan Gleeson. 
I think it might be when you said Mike Kale. Um, yeah, it might be the one you said, the general, yeah. Um, Gangs of New York, York, The Irishman, and The Departed at the top of the list. So there we go. Article written by Connor Wickham. So during his injuries, he's uh, compiling lists of. But <laughs> used to his got, time. He's yeah. got a fair, fair time to write, hasn't he? <laughs> he he's one. I spoke about um, Jordan Rhodes on the, on the podcast last night. I was convinced Connor Wickham was the truth for a brief period. <laughs> Cameron Drum syndrome, mate. I put him in my fantasy team like three years in a row, despite him playing about three games in that in that time. Yeah, it's um, Cameron Drum syndrome, isn't it? He's a probably a disservice to Cameron Jerome, to be fair. Have a look at his record in the championship compared to the, his record in the Premier League. Yeah, I can, I can just seven goals scoring a goal, which I struggled to do with Conor Wickham. Uh, he scored seven, seven goals max in one season in the Prem. He's bagging 20 in the champ. And that didn't just happen once. That happened every time he got relegated. Well, if we start at the start of The Departed, you've got Boston some years ago comes up as the uh, title card. And then what I thought felt like a bit of a callback to Goodfellas with the Nicholson voiceover saying, I don't want to be a product of my environment. I want my environment to be a product of me. He's actually saying a little montage. That's not a, vo- not a voiceover. But he's yeah, I don't think speaking. he's on. Is he on screen at the time? Yeah. I thought he comes on screen after. And he says, 50 years ago, the, an Irishman couldn't get a job. Ah, sorry. An Irishman couldn't get a job. And then 50 years later, we had the president. It felt a bit like Goodfellas regard. It's just a type of quote the type of the way the scene kicks off it almost they're trying to draw you in you've got the music playing and then you get to that slow shot of Nicholson walking through the shadows essentially saying this is the bad guy by the way isn't it um, is it not um, give me a shout that's playing as well I believe so I know he, he uh, there's a couple of songs that he's repeated give me in previous plays, films give me a shout that plays twice in this one one. yeah and then Kind of, I guess you could compare it to Goodfellas or a lot of gangster films. The uh, gangster in the corner shop, like grooming mm. the kid from the young age, pick out what you want, gets in the comics. And uh, Kevin, Kevin Spacey and our grooming, are you trying to set a thing? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what he's doing essentially, isn't it? Well, yeah, I know. It's just... no, Thank I'm God to hear you, hear you say the word grooming. Thank God Nicholson's got a clean record, otherwise, this yeah. film suddenly. Becomes Look, a, a much harder watch. If you told me Jackie's in Operation YouTube, fuck you. <laughs> I have a stick about Jack Nicholson like that. You said on the other day you thought I could take him in a fight. You didn't think like me I'll kill, man. <laughs> He's 85, man. If I told you, Keith. Big Jack. <laughs> you, taking on, you taking on Val Kilmer, by the way. <laughs> yeah, man, I see. That was here as well. I almost up. fell out of my seat, honestly. <laughs> well, this is fully more, backing up. <laughs> so this is why uh, and I messaged Keenan like Look, are, you, are you backing me or not and he said well he's he's about 85 <laughs> and I said Keenan they say the last thing to go is your punch and quite rightly <laughs> I said I'd like to think you can outmanoeuvre him yeah. well there we go I mean you're I putting it all on the line because if he if he chins you it's not, yeah, it's not great there's no coming back from that <laughs> no but this this is like um, where you just you just um, keep wheeling the guys out what's his name the guy they wheeled out for Tommy Coyle to batter the Aussie uh, oh um Katsidis Katsidis yeah I was about yeah. to say Cambosis for God's sake no. 
I want uh, I want Nicholson. I want his body on my record. That's nice of you. And then I we'll move on to Nardwell, big, big trap, big Jack puts him work on you. Yeah, he's got he's got that dog in him still. Well, he's probably looking at me thinking he doesn't look too mobile to me either. So he might think he's got a shot. Yeah, but again, once again, and I can't overstate this: eighty-five. <laughs> I, I mean, a, a win should, funny, should knock him over. A, a gust. He's one, of, he's one of about seven people that you, you and me, should be able to beat in a foot race. <laughs> don't bring yourself. Don't, you, don't put me on your level. I've got some speed. No, you don't. I am. It's just no, deceptively quick. Over you, about 40 metres. Just because, just because you're deceptively quick, you're quick <laughs> it just means you look like you should walk through fucking treacle, let alone run. But yeah, but is anyone you... calling you deceptively quick? Or are they saying it's no. about right? <laughs> but no. Is anyone other than yourself calling you deceptively, deceptively quick? quick. You, you've anointed yourself. <laughs> this is some of the shit, that are some of the shit you, you say about yourself you... is actually outrageous. <laughs> well, it's true. I've got, I had <laughs> a school record Oh, for Rockford God's sake! For the sponsored <laughs> skip, forty meter skip, <laughs> right? The egg and spoon race that year, and I won both. You were you were genuinely like ten percent of the bloke you are. <laughs> well, that's probably fair, but I did have a big neck to carry as well. <laughs> oh, over it. Right. So what's that slim? Yeah, that neck was slim, mate. That was with, that was aerodynamic. That neck. Now <laughs> wasn't aerodynamic. Now that, that head. That, honestly, that head is not Harold Maybe because I've conscious up my head. You've been at me a lot already. You were at me before the pod started, and now you've seen one opportunity. <sighs> well, the thing with my head is, um, like, people are fucking me before, so I can't. <laughs> I mean, recently at work, um, someone got a tape measure out to measure it. Oh, that's God, that's disgraceful. Honestly, you should have been firing into HR. Yeah, straight so, on the phone. It was because, to be fair, he said that he had a big head. I wanted to see if mine was bigger, which it wasn't, um, if you can believe that. That's, anyway, that's into HR for me, I'll be honest. He can get fucked. Back to Nicholson. Um, he wasn't the first choice for this role. There's like a whole another cast that we could have had there, which I'll go through as we go through the film. But um, Scorsese really wanted Al Pacino for the role of Costello because he'd never worked with him before uh, up until The Irishman. No, that was the big thing about it, wasn't it? He, like, even when you listen to... When you because they did that thing on Netflix, um, which is worth watching, regardless of what you think about the Irishman. It's Martin Scorsese, Joe Pesci, Al Pacino, and Bobby in a room, like chewing the fat. Like, yeah, come on, like what? What on earth? What more do you want out of life? Yeah, that is. Um, and they're talking. And he's like, oh, he's like, yeah, but he's like, yeah, I, like never got a chance to do do do, the, do these things with Al. So we we looked at him. We said, yeah. Um, do you want Pacino? We're 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 going to talk about Pacino later on, obviously, and I've got some thoughts. Um, but would you want him? I I don't want him in this replacing. Do you want him doing to... I think he can do this. Essentially, I mean, he can. From what, we, from what we gather, Scorsese. I mean, I don't know if he was just scared of Nicholson or what. He's basically said, "You do what the hell you want here." Yeah. Look, when you've got that type of player, you just got to let him do his thing. You can't well, go... That's what I mean. So I don't I want you tracking Pacino back. You do what this. you want. He's probably not as threatening, to be fair. He's probably the issue. Do you want Pacino trying to do an Irish box, a Boston Irish accent? I didn't want Ray Winston doing one, so... Oh, yeah, that's, oh, that's going to be we, fun. Oh, we're, doing the, we're doing the Cranberry juice scene, right? Oh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's fine. We can talk about it. <sighs> Fuck me. Full marks um, for effort, but... Oh. <laughs> 
So yeah, Nicholson turned down this movie. Someone is rustling like crazy. I don't know which one of you two it is. I um, can hear it, so it can't be me. I just moved just then. Yeah, that would be. Right. Uh, Nicholson turned the role down several times. He, he eventually gets convinced to just have a meeting, doing the just sit down with me at least. If you if you don't want it, I won't bother you again. He sits down with Scorsese, William Monaghan, who um, wrote the screenplay, and DiCaprio, and he's eventually convinced to play the role of Costello. Um, he says he'd just done a few comedies, wanted to play a villain again, and he considered the character of Costello to be the ultimate incarnation of evil. Phenomenal description. But that's what you're like looking to do. <laughs> that's a pretty nice position to be in. I guess it is probably more fun getting to play the bad guy. This seemed mad, considering the work he would have been having at this point, that he would potentially turn his nose up at this seems fucking wild. Yeah. Yeah, maybe he's one of them. Like, you just have to pamper him a bit. How much do you really want me? Exactly. I mean, so many of the scenes with him in are improvised. Um, Scorsese told him, do whatever he wanted to add to the character's unpredictability. Um, We'll talk a bit later about the scene where you've got him and uh, DiCaprio. I keep going to say De Niro, so if I do say that during this episode, then that's who I mean, as I said I to Keenan. I will correct you, don't panic. Um, we did have some beef on the set, though, as well. Uh, of course. Ray Winston says him and Jack Nicholson did not get on at all. Hmm, it doesn't seem hugely surprising. It seems like they could either get on famously or clash. It would go one Too way or the other. Two dogs. No, 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 genuinely. That is like... Well, you could see if they told me if he, if you said yeah, rates him says he's one of the best blokes ever met. I'd be like, yeah, it makes sense. I reckon Ray's gone in there thinking Nicholson's a bit of a hero of his, and he's been disappointed. Well, Never Jack's meet your heroes. Jack's yeah, do you think he's... Big dildo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you think he's asked for his name or something, and he's got offended. Winston's what, going over that? and you are um... no surely not <laughs> that'd be fucking electric that's great that What's your name a again? phenomenal shot asked him can you just grab my jacket oh sorry you're in the film <laughs> power play I mean I guess 2006 so we're about what a year and a bit removed from him doing King Arthur where I imagine he was the big dog on set well, always wanted to be pampered a little bit. It'd be Clive Owen be the big dog on set, wouldn't it? I think Clive Owen backs down to Winston. Clive Owen, you don't think? Yeah, but it doesn't. It doesn't. That like all I'm saying is actually on set. Clive Owen is the star now, and that's essentially what we're saying about Nicholson. Do you really think Big Jack is about that? The way he's treated. Trying to throw hands. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You honestly, you honestly think he, coming off the set of King Arthur makes you think you can go toe-to-toe with Jack Nicholson? No, no, right. I'm saying... But all, more that's some level of delusion he's got there. Once you, you get used to being a bit pampered, and I can imagine there's very few rooms that Ray Winston can walk into where he's not the big dog. And this just may yeah. be one of those occasions where he's walked in and he's, he's, he's had to be the beta for a change. Well, yeah. why, why, why else do you think they didn't get along? I mean, let's face it, they're two, I can imagine they're two, you know, probably divisive characters, I imagine. Nicholson definitely would be, wouldn't he? Come on. I'd fucking, uh, I would pay an awful lot of money to meet Jack Nicholson, even if after 10 minutes he was like, you are the worst person I've ever met. Yeah, he'd probably hate <laughs> most people, I'd, I imagine. I'd, I would still, I would still be incredibly happy. 
there yeah, is. Yeah, I reckon. I reckon is. Winston's done the 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 McGregor MGK thing. I reckon he's asked for a picture and got shown <laughs> up, embarrassed himself. There are some things that you you read about Jack Nicholson doing this film that that do wind me up. The 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 refusing to wear a Red Sox hat is that does irritate me <laughs> more than it should. Would you would you put a Tottenham hat on? Well, if I'm being paid, look, ninety million the budget for this film. The majority of it, more than half, goes to the actors. I'm imagining Nicholson is probably top three when it comes to how that's portioned out. So you're banging if Tottenham Cup on for twenty, thirty million. Absolutely. All relative, all, all relative, though. Jack Nicholson's not short of, even at this point, still isn't short. Yeah, well, if you're already rich. Considering the amount of, considering the amount of birds yeah, he just... had and the amount of, the amount of coke the bloke spent 40 years doing, it's a miracle he never went bankrupt, but somehow always had money. It just seems like one of them things, like if you're playing a character and the whole point is that essentially you're Whitey Bulger, but we're not going to come out and say you're Whitey Bulger. <laughs> like, or, uh, or if I can blame Scorsese here as well, don't don't let him wear a hat at all. He either wears a Red Sox one. Don't have him wearing a Yankees hat. That just seems ridiculous. Mm. It didn't bother me watching the film. I didn't even notice it until I read the trivia. But once I read the trivia, then it's a bit like, was it that big of a deal? Evidently. Anyway, we get to the end of this scene. Shipping up to Boston uh, kicks in after we've gone through uh, the intro to... Uh, De Niro and Damon. We get that a couple of times through. Added it to my Spotify after watching this. Uh, I did that the other week, actually. Just very catchy, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, the whole thing of this film, and I don't know how early after this was released did either of you watch it? Because I was particularly late to it. Probably probably about 2008. Yeah, I'm probably post-2010 when I watched it. What about you, TK? Yeah, I guess I would have been around sort of 15, 16 sort of time. So, similar sort of time period. Because I'm essentially saying that the main appeal of this film, isn't it, is um, you've got this crazy combination of actors, like mm. A-listers yeah. coming together, um, down to the parts of like Alec Baldwin, Mark Wahlberg, in far smaller roles than they would traditionally be doing. Um Dignam, in particular, is one of the standout characters, obviously, as a very final say in the film. He also, uh, Mark Wahlberg, wasn't the first choice for this either. Um, Ray Liotta was Scorsese's uh, wow. preference this for the boy. role. This boy. Um, he had to reluctantly decline due to other commitments. Uh, Wahlberg wasn't the second choice either. Um, and I'll tell you, and I don't know what he had going on at the time, Ethan Hawke. Blimey. I, don't, I don't know if they would have taken the character a different way, but can you can you see Ethan Hawke thick Boston accent shit talking? No. They loved him, didn't they? He'd be, he'd be the end of Training Day. It'd have to be the end of Training Day, Ethan Hawke. But you and Harper was still it irks me to this day slating Ethan Hawke in Training Day, which I can't comprehend. I what I actually said was <laughs> he, you he said he was replacing. I said you could replace anyone. him with almost any white bloke. Which is so, so, maybe the most disrespectful thing said on this podcast. <laughs> and I've just said, I've just spoken about beating the shit out of uh, Nicholson. Out of a pension. 
if any one of us that have featured on this podcast were to hold the title of the most disrespectful thing, I think rightly it should be me. I think, I think it's probably Sean disrespecting the podcast. <laughs> said on the podcast Repeatedly. Then, yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't know. Even I think the essence of what he's saying there is that right, I think you could replace him with, there's a large number of people you could replace him with in that. I don't want to go off the subject too much. We're, we're doing another training day pod to end this season, so uh, I, can't <laughs> fuck it, I can't fucking wait. Yeah, even hope for a bit. Obviously, luck out with, with Wahlberg. Um, who says he fell back on his native accent very easily. Scorsese said they joked on set as to whether they'd need subtitles added in. <laughs> I put Wahlberg here in Seth Green territory of maximising your screen time in this. Correct. He's, he's Sensational. On the, he, he's on the screen for 5.8% of the film. That's a fact. That's, I haven't made that up. That's mad. Yeah, and he gets nominated for the Best Supporting Actor at the Oscars. I always forget about that. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me, sorry. I always he, forget that he actually got... Yeah, he, he has quotables for days. Like, I think of the season one pods we did where we'd essentially portion off about 20 minutes to just run through quotes. Like, mm. Dignam in this could like hold up next to almost any of those comedies with just his one-liners. I used to love that. Yeah, well, we're going to have to find a lot to talk about for um, the second round of these podcasts. Yeah, so maybe will. that'll we be full. We, we could do full list of some quotes. I, I mean, for some of the films we've done over the last few months, it's a little bit harder because fucking hell, some of them have been depressing as shit. <laughs> yeah, and I'll leave um, like Boys in the Hood to you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, I, did the, I did the quotes in training, though. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just got to be tactful, Byron. Yeah, what's, you're right, you, you do like that. What's your favourite Wahlberg one-liner in the film? Uh, <coughs> is it, I don't know. I, I don't know. There's a couple I like. I like the bit about Fed treating, treating like shit, keeping the dark. Just It's so obvious, but it does just make me chuckle the way he says it. Um, Are you going as cunts? Really sets the stall out early. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> really sets that early. When I think of The Departed, that's literally what I think about. I mean, it's such a when he's just like just going in on Leo right at the start. You're like, this guy has done nothing <laughs> oh, to deserve this, and he's just killing it. That full speech face. Like, <laughs> I bet you dropped your accent, didn't you? You little, you snaky little fuck. <laughs> like, he says, "You little fucking snake." You were like different people, weren't you? It's you, you just you keep out. your hard R's on. Really, really like that. I mean, um, the perfect foil next to him as well. That queen, that queen is there going essentially that yeah we've just got to put up with this it's like, you are one of the few people who could probably do something about this and you're just letting this guy just run right <laughs> my mind soon that's mate cameos and side characters in this oh it's unbelievable wild. you know he gets he was voted to have the worst accent in this film yeah it's rough it's we'll talk about Ray Winston but that that genuinely offends me his one in this um <laughs> Yeah, but Ray, Ray, you can so, sort of forgive because it's like how many Americans can actually do a British accent? Yeah, you like a we're, generic we're doing British that, let alone next. trying to do dialects and stuff. But fucking my machine, I mean, like, um, <laughs> I'm the guy that does his job. You must be the other guy. <laughs> Just because you play a tough guy doesn't mean you are one. You lace curtain Irish fucking pussy. 
<laughs> he, he repeats that lace curtain as well. He's really <laughs> adamant about the lace curtain. When when he says to um, Sullivan, "Blow me, all right," but not literally though. Unfortunately, there's no promotion involved for you. Him and You're him and Damon's interaction interactions are phenomenal. Like uh, I think there's only there's only twice I think well, other than him obviously doing him in. Yeah. In in the office where they go back and they both end it, I think, with fuck you and go fuck yourself, I think is how they end it. <laughs> that argument they have contains the thickest Boston accents ever seen <laughs> on screen. That's, it's that's like that's a caricature of the film, you know, what, that's yeah. the only reason that is in the film is just to fucking really rub the accent in. I'm convinced yeah. of it. It's, do you think if do you think if English is your second language, you're watching that thinking, I'm not entirely sure what's going <laughs> on. Like I understand the language, but I have no idea what these two are doing. Well, I um, and I've said this before, so I can I probably have a bit of a plus when I watch Family Guy in that I didn't watch it from like twelve to twenty one. So every episode that I flick on is almost new to me. And I watched one of the Christmas episodes earlier in the day before watching this and you would think if you would just close your eyes and hear the accent that that was the comedy in comparison it's nuts that scene in particular is so so strong <laughs> you're a worker your eyes fast like a 12 year old's dick when he says to damon in that argument uh, i forgot the password but if you'd like to come down to the garage with me i'd be happy to give it to you and then Damon calls him a liar and he like takes offence and he's like, Yeah, you don't call me a liar. And it's like <laughs> six year olds laughing and just with F bombs chucked in the middle of it. <laughs> His character is just phenomenal. The way they use him and use him and use him and then keep him away from you just long enough that you forget about him. And then bam, he's there just to have the final say in the film. He's just perfect. I'm so glad that he's who they eventually got to do it. And I must, you've got to think when he is kind of on camera for the first time, Scorsese must be thinking, thank God we made this choice. Mm. Do you reckon? Well, do you reckon if it's Liotta doing it, do you not think he's a lot more kind of grabbing the collar? Um, there's a lot less, I don't know if you would you say it's like wits, what Wahlberg's doing, I imagine. It's a lot less smarmy and it's a lot more just, I'm bigger than you, I could beat the shit out of you. I would not refer to it as wit, mate. No. (laughs) You've got to think, the way Liotta is going to play it is going to be a lot more just, I'm going to intimidate you, I'm the tough cop, rather than the way Wahlberg does it. He plays a good cop, Liotta. He does, but is he going to do this role the same way that Wahlberg does it? No, but... That's what I mean. I mean, Mark Mark Wahlberg does also. There is, is an actual luxury to actually be from Boston. You stand that you strangely you stand out in this film for actually being able to sound like <laughs> from Boston. Yeah, yeah it feels like they're all acting and he's actually just being himself. <laughs> it feels like he just happens to have walked onto a film set. It, it's nuts when you look at him now. Like he he is probably top is he top five if not top ten most commercial actors in the world. Like him and The Rock have carved out a very specific genre. That you look at and you're like, that's a Mark Wahlberg film. Do you reckon he slipped away from that in a couple of, like, the last, I don't know, year or two? There's still a Netflix film with his name on it around the corner. Like, he's just done that weird, infinite one for Amazon Prime. Yeah, this is what I'm saying, though. Like, I don't know anyone who's seen that. 
No, I, I like, saw one review, deal? which I know you shouldn't do, but when the reviews are of a certain way, you're like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't need to watch that. Yeah, I don't know. I just don't think I do agree with you. Like three years ago, I would certainly have agreed with you. But I, just, I don't know. Yeah, I think I think his stock isn't quite as high as that. But it's, it's when you're that high, I guess you can't fall too far. The Departed, though, is when you look him up on IMDb, is the top film attributed to his name. Over Boogie Nights. Does that say that's that literally that's number more, one? That's like, more his name. Film, though, right? Well, I guess Fair I enough. imagine it's the nomination that he got and. Mm. And I think it goes by popularity on IMDb as well, so that probably plays into it. Yeah, you're not right. I was going to say, I think that's more about the film than him. I'm not insulting him, but just that, that, in fact, that's probably an insult to him for all the work he's put in over the fucking 20 years he's been in Hollywood. Um, <laughs> you said his probably... best work was in Entourage. Incorrect. I've just never this... ever said that. But... <laughs> this, this might terrify you because I don't know which role he's playing here, but he's in development of an, a Julius Caesar origin story. I've got to think he's probably playing Caesar. Some people get to a stage where they've got too much money yeah. and too much influence. Because no, who, who the fuck, like, who needs to see Mark Wahlberg in a Julius Caesar origin story? Not a lot I of people realise Caesar actually started out in Boston. A lot of people don't realise that. <clears throat> well, the, the synopsis here, an origin story of Julius Caesar that envisions the future dictator as a young general in the Roman army in a rarely discussed period of his life, kidnapped by Sicilian uh, pirates and enslaved on their prison island. Caesar escapes with his men and the decisions he makes during this time directly affect the political and social upheaval happening in Rome. He is definitely playing Julius Caesar in that film. Oh, yeah, for sure. It doesn't tell me which role he's got, but that is definitely the role he's playing. He's also a film called The Six Billion Dollar Man, which, based on the 70s TV series, The Six Million Dollar Man. I don't know. There's a film I think of, which I haven't seen, um, when I say about uh, like his type of film, was he did that Mile 22 film that had the guy from The Raid in it, and I think it had Ronda Rousey in it as well. Um, and he'd recently done Patriot's Day, which is actually very good, um, if, whether you've seen that or not. Um, yeah. My, my only thought on Patriot, Patriot's Day was fucking that was fast. Yeah, yeah. Like, he, normally have you pe- seen it? people wait a minute. No, I haven't seen it, I must admit. But, but normally I'm, people wait a little while, but geez. Yeah, it's a good point. I, I think he probably got away with it by the fact that he is from Boston, but I know these days and probably goes in with the stereotype that I've just said there is the type of films he makes you kind of get spoken about as if you can't act I cried watching Patriot's Day blimey there's a scene he has in it or is that him it's his acting in it he comes back and he's essentially explaining to his wife or girlfriend what he's seen and it's heavy I think, uh, yeah, I, I think, think Scott, I think Scott's shed a few tears uh, during that as well, TK. Um, I don't know. And I also watched Daddy's Home too at the start of the week. And, uh, I do quite like him as a comedy guy as well. Okay. It's a shame. Do we need to preface when we speak about Mark Wahlberg? What do we do with Kevin Spacey? Or are all crimes not judged the same? He gets off lightly, does our Mark. Mm, yeah, he seems to have uh, got off fairly all right, doesn't he? 
Yeah, yeah, it's not great. Spacey, unfortunately, didn't lay low. He did an in-character confession of his crimes and then released it on Christmas Day. <laughs> That's just... He's a, he's a weird country. <laughs> <laughs> he certainly is. Um, yeah, he, the way he is in this film, just uh, sensational. Should we talk about cranberry juice? Yeah. Natural diuretic, Keenan. <laughs> it is now. I did know that. Does your girlfriend drink him when she's on her period? Well, fucking desperately single, you can't as well know. So <laughs> there was no need for that. Was there? <laughs> Must be you on your this, period then. This is what I'm talking about. Do you know what I mean? Legitimately, just no need to come to me. That. <laughs> I mean, I could have very nasty. You're a very nasty human being. <laughs> I want you to know that. I don't think that's the case. Um, You're legitimately deep down, (laughs) just not a nice person. (laughs) This scene then, Keenan, very good. Introduction Uh, to uh, Ray Winston. To Ray Winston. I'm the guy that tells you there are guys you can hit and there's guys you can't. Well, that's not quite a guy you can't hit, but it's almost a guy you can't hit. I'm going to make a ruling. You don't fucking hit him. That's a great Told me, So your thoughts on Winston's accent then? Rough. Like, if I'm spent, did you say the budget, what, please give me the budget again. Did you say it was 90, 90 million? million. You're telling me somewhere, you're telling me somewhere you can't drop a little bit on a voice coach for our, for our Ray. I think, I don't know if in this, Scorsese maybe, it may be like the rustling, like he may have the first couple of weeks been telling people like sharpen up your accent, and then eventually he just gave up. Because, <laughs> because Winston in this, he is at least trying to do an accent at that part of the film. Like, towards the end of even that scene, he gives up. <laughs> I, I actually think about it. I assume that's why him and Jack Nicholson fell out. Because Jack Nicholson was like, what the fuck am I working with? <laughs> well, he seems to think just upping the pitch of his voice means he's from Boston. And a couple yeah. of people in this film do think that. I don't know. It's, uh, it's, it's not... I actually really like Raymond stuff and fair play to him, but I just don't know. This, this isn't this isn't for him. You talk about the you probably could have just pulled in a tough guy off the street from Boston and go, right, you can do this like, job. My question, my genuine question is, how has he got this job? <laughs> Great agent. This is basically like one of them things you see on Twitter where someone's just sent their, their footy manager credentials into a <laughs> for a Premier League club and they're like, yeah, like, well, go on, get away. Like, I said to you as well, and I'd encourage you to uh, YouTube it after this. He's the main villain in the new Black Widow film. And you know how much money Marvel chuck out there. I think you ranted about it in an earlier episode. But he's, he's Russian in that film, and it's worse than his Irish accent in this. It is the American. strangest thing you could possibly hear. And again, he kind of gives up halfway through this. <laughs> but it's... Again, as you just said there, I don't know how they landed on this, where he's the guy that gets the call. I don't, I, mate, I, don't, I sounds like, I mean, I was going to say it sounds like it's, I'm slaughtering him, because I am, but it's just, <laughs> like, come on now. It's, it's not good, is it? Do you think maybe I, there's a point where they've got these actors and it's like, we want all the names? So they've got someone who can do a decent accent, it's like, oh, we could also put Ray Winston's name in the trailer slash poster. Is he that big a star? 
that is kind of the thing, isn't it? Where they've got so many great names, you kind of he's hardly like taking us over the edge, is it? You, you didn't need Winston in here to sort of carry. You might just it. be, you might just be getting greedy. It probably is, isn't it? That's probably the truth. He was kind of a uh, Blake Griffin adding to the nets, isn't it? Did they need him? Maybe not, but they go and stick him in anyway. The budget was supposed to be high, but it wasn't supposed to be this high. But Scorsese essentially just kept saying like, "That's the guy I want," and I think it hits a point where you're like. Well, once we've spent ninety million, what's an extra one million? I was trying to think to myself whether, like, because we obviously know Ray Winston and we know famously very Cockney, whether I was just mm. sort of uh, having a bias myself in it. I was trying to like, right, try and give him a chance. Like, no, no. If I had never laid eyes on this guy before, I'd be thinking, what the fuck is this? Mister probably gets. I probably let him off lightly because I like him so much. Yeah, yeah, that is it. He is. Like you say, he's right. likable for sure. Yeah, he seems like, he seems like a, just seems like a great fella. Does have he does have the other scene that he has in this film is when they talk about being reliable. I do really like that. Yeah, I like his character in the in the film. I, I think yep. Once you kind of that first scene, I think you essentially have to tell yourself like the accent isn't good. I'm gonna either gonna let it bother me or I'm not. Yeah, yeah, you have and, to choose not to, don't you? And once you choose not to, then I actually quite like everything else he does in the film. Just the accent is quite a big part of that. I reckon if this is a, a more like modern film of the last few years, they just let him be Cockney and do some far-fetched story as to why he's in this group. Yeah, he got in trouble. He, he's got in trouble. He's Irish family, and then he, he moved over. And then probably think- one of those horrendous ones where they go, oh, so you remember from when you had that bit of trouble and we basically hear his whole story in a quick <laughs> five-second yeah. thing of how someone explains why he's here. Well, you, you, do that, you might know um, better, Keenan, but I think the re- only reason they can't do that is because they kind of bought into the Whitey Bulger thing. Like, his whole yeah. gang were, like, as Boston as it gets. So they yeah, literally yeah. just had no choice, which arguably no. makes it even worse that they didn't worry. Because, like, you've got... Um, uh, Vera Farmiga, who plays Madeline, and she hasn't got a particularly great Boston accent in this. But at the same time, it was like, why does she need to have one? Like, not everyone yeah. in Boston needs to be from Boston. <laughs> you could have yeah. given her another accent, and we wouldn't. It wouldn't have changed our opinion on this at all. No, no, it's, it's not right. You are right. Uh, yes, they were from. Well, they were all from in and around the same neighbourhoods, weren't they? They were called yeah. the Winter Hill. They were called the Winter Hill Gang because X amount of them were from Winter Hill. Which is uh, Southie, is it not? As they refer to in the film. <laughs> not, not as a neighbourhood within, I believe. Southie, it's just South so, Boston. Isn't it? Parts so of South they really Boston. should have got that, that accent spot on. But even, even this scene, it's essentially using it to show Leo proving I'm not a cop. I'm a kind of reckless guy. I'm not scared to get my hands dirty. I'm definitely, I know this banging, should... I, I'm definitely not banging someone over that joke, by the way. <laughs> but I mean, it's, well, really? I'm not throwing He's got out a one on Ray Winston. He, he, he bothered you enough the first time. He's seen Big Ray. <laughs> Does not want that work, mate. <laughs> yeah, he's, got, he's trying to make a name for himself, but he ain't that, he ain't that yeah. desperate. He, don't, he tells yeah, him he'll chop his nuts off. He does, yeah. You make one more drug deal with that idiot fucking cop magnet of a cousin of yours, and I'll forget your grandmother was so nice to me. Wait, when he says the word grandmother, it's yeah. cringe. 
Oh, I think about it. I wonder how many takes that they just settled on that. The oh, company right. is just fucking desperate to get out. Seeping out of it. If this guy meets, um, what's his face from Green Street and they have a conversation, I think I might implode. I watched um, a clip of the opening scene of Green Street earlier. Great. And when I was younger, I didn't like it, didn't even cross my mind. Yeah, see, it was so like a weird when this was out the first time around, I was pulling my hair out of it, and everyone's like, What's your that? It's not that bad. And I've kind of felt like over the years I've been vindicated on that because people didn't seem to really make it. I was like, This guy's accent is horrible. Who, uh, Charlie, uh, Charlie Onham's? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's fucking dog. Oh, painful, isn't it? Man. Painful. But I guess maybe just because it was a really good film and we were a bit younger, people just said, what are you talking about? This is a good film. Don't I actually really don't like shit on it. I, I, I really like the film, but for the record, like when you actually think about it, it's not it's not a really good film, is it? I it is what it is, for, I guess, Not to be yeah, that is exactly right. For what it is, it's sensational. Mm. I can't wait to talk about that in the Flutty Factory. Yeah, well, well I've told you the way I loved that film before, the fact that um I briefly my MSN account, my email address was no. Green Street Stand Your Ground Hotmail. <laughs> <laughs> never, had has some, n- never has someone been so little about that life. Oh <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I get annoyed when people stand up at the football. So as <laughs> <laughs> as it can get. I had the film um, broken down um, by YouTube clips onto um, the iPod. I don't know what the, the iPod was called, but it was the one that had like the little screen on it. Um, yeah. It was like a little, um, like a little uh, rounded square, basically. Yeah, I used to watch it in French lessons. Um, but yeah, yeah, we've got that to come. A hooligan film following you is a very different experience. It's you annoyed <laughs> that people are singing and standing up and questioning whether you're going to shoot yourself on the coach over. <laughs> coach over usually all right, because I can have a nice little snooze once I've got on there. Um, <laughs> if, let's talk about DiCaprio then. We mentioned him in, in that scene where now we're shown he is about that life. Um Put on fifteen pounds of muscle for his role as a uh, Billy Costigan, Definitely. and he described his character as being in a constant twenty-four hour panic attack. It's a very good description. Very I think accurate. he does do a good job of conveying that this guy is escalating as well, doesn't he? I think when he's, he's really good in this. When he's talking to the therapist and stuff, you, he's very much believable. Of yeah, this is probably what would happen to you. If you are having to live like he is, you would fall apart like this. Well, they wanted to put him forward for the Oscar for this mm. role and then at the same time uh, the studio was desperate to make um, Blood Diamond a thing which if we're talking accents then his accent I've in never, that I've is I've never uh, seen Blood Diamond we had to watch it in geography I think at the end of term so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I saw, I no, saw no, it that I've way never actually, never actually seen it yeah, his, his accent and then Leo also didn't himself publicly want to kind of put out there that he was going against the likes of Damon and Nicholson in this. So he was happy to just let people admire it for themselves and he didn't hear any critical acclaim on top of that. Hmm. Fair enough. Where does this rank among your favourite DiCaprio performances, Keenan? It might be his best, but it's not my favourite. What is your favourite? I think it might be Catch Me If You Can. Remember when you I adore the film. 
Yeah, we're doing it on the pod because I said I really want to do it on the pod. Oh, well, I wouldn't. I watched it last Christmas actually. Um, I love that film. I mean, it's, it's just so much fun. TK, do you have a preference other than Romeo and Juliet? <laughs> Blimey. In terms of his actual performance, this could be essentially could be his best. Um, Catch Me If You Can might be. Oh, I don't know. I might prefer this film as well. I do love Catch Me If You Can, but this. When I was watching The Party this week, I didn't remember just prefer, how much I loved this. I prefer this film. I. This very, very, very hard to say. This is a better film. DiCaprio is probably better in this, but somehow I prefer him in Catch Me If You Can. No, I can't get you. Mentioned Wolf of Wall Street because you felt it was too obvious. No, I really, I think Wolf of Wall Street is phenomenal. But if you gave me it, like, I prefer this to Wolf of Wall Street. I think I may make my mind up depending on which one I was had more recently watched. Um, no, I, I prefer, I prefer, I prefer the, the part. I think most people's lists probably have Wolf of Wall Street at the top, but I think this is. Yeah, a harder one to convey. I mean, you look at what DiCaprio's done before this, you probably shouldn't be expecting him to play a rough, undercover, cracking up mobster. It, this is like totally unfair, but it kind of feels like the Wolf of Wall Street wasn't too hard a gig for him. You felt like he could kind of do that, no problems. Whereas, what, the playboy with money? Yeah, yeah whereas this is yeah. kind of an actual some acting. I'm selling it very short there, I realise. No, no. This. Um, I don't want to go too heavy on this, but did either of you like or dislike Great Gatsby? Because I feel like I, when I watched it, I quite liked it, and but it doesn't seem to be too fond. I can't of remember if I've movies. seen it or not. So if I have seen it, that's probably your answer, mate. Yeah, I, I liked it. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was, a, it was decent enough. Not, he's just it's unfortunate with him. He's just got obviously some so many just top top draw films that that isn't ever going to be able to beat a film like this I've not seen Body of Lies and I imagine I can bank on the fact Keenan has seen it Body of Lies no I've never seen it you've let me down (laughs) sorry another one written by uh, William Monaghan though you've just you've set me up for a fall (laughs) well it's just look I look at the poster and it looks like your type of film a bit of you Uh, I've also never seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood Wow. Blimey. I know. And again, he is great in that because he plays the sort of kind of pathetic actor really well. I've put it off because it became a hype job. But then on the flip side, they did get a lot of hate as well. So you you could go out, you know, either to bat for either side. Two years later, I still don't really know what I think of it. Yeah, I I put it off mainly because it just seemed to be a hype job. Over the way everyone was talking about it, I was like, there's no way this is going to meet expectations. So I thought, well, I'll just watch it at some time. I'm pretty sure me and Sean sat through uh, his film as a Jagger Hoover at the cinema. Uh, supposedly that's not bad. I've heard that's I a long one. disagrees with you. Two hours 17, and that looks like it probably feels about two hours 15. It's not a culture diet. Me and Sean also sat through Lincoln at the cinema, so you're looking at a man of culture here. Have you seen Lincoln? Daniel A. Lewis. It is, yeah. Yeah, no, and they don't that, even either. they don't even show you him getting capped at the end. Of course they don't. <laughs> what do you mean? Of course they don't. If I'm going to watch a film about Abraham Lincoln, I expect to see the man get assassinated. 
<laughs> what, what universe do you think they're just going to show thingy? I can't even think of his name. John, it... John Wills Booth rolling in uh, and just blowing, blowing him away. They do in Gangs of New York, don't they? I think. Oh, You're going to have to answer that one, Keely. Uh, I can't remember. Like, it's been a long time since I've seen Gangs of New York. It is also a different time where they probably thought they could get away with a bit more than I think oh, it's a little bit more modern. We've seen enough things where they'll do like JFK getting popped. What makes Lincoln so special? Yeah, we've got JFK on films so. <laughs> yeah. though. People have actually seen him get popped. Yeah, many a time. They roll it out <laughs> fucking constantly, yeah. the poor world. Is this angle right? It's like a VAR like look with the JFK one. I don't think it's too much to ask for to see Lincoln get iced. <laughs> Especially, oh, I think that film's about three hours in it, so I feel like you've earned it. Literally as well. I'm I think you should watch the film before as well. You're a bloodthirsty young man. Put me you two, you've nothing to do, did you? <laughs> well, me and the most of our cine cards. You're looking at a man that watched Spy Kids 4D at the cinema. <laughs> You're a um, hideous specimen. <laughs> I've told you before, they uh, also embarrassed me by the fact that um, leaving me stood at the front of the queue said uh, can someone go and get the scratch and sniff cards we, uh, we've run out here that's the Spy Kids 4D <laughs> how old were you? Uh, year 12 oh god we yeah. I think this was me and Kieran at that point we'd literally watch anything that was at, at the cinema and we used to take it in turns to make the other one ask for it because you couldn't book online at that point with your card. That's another tale for another day when we do our uh, Spy Kids 4D podcast. Blimey. Never ever do that. You've already made me do fucking Batman and Robin. I was... Oh, Did enjoy that. I had another film that I thought maybe uh, we could do for the next uh, milestone, whether it's 150 or 200. Okay, I'm, in- I'm interested. You had his curiosity, and now you have his attention. Do I have to say now or to save it? Tell me now. <laughs> I thought about doing one for um, swingers because I didn't really know what else it would fit into. Ooh-wee. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. That's a nice shout. Let's do it at 150. It's a bit away, but still far enough away, so we'll do it. Anyway, DiCaprio. Um, as I think you said, TK, the way he manages to look just gradually more exhausted throughout the whole film, like in the therapy scene when he's putting the fingers to his head, asking for a bottle of scotch um, and a handgun. I Ev- actually do everything say that about like once a week. <laughs> <laughs> it's, he, he's, he's just quality in this. Like, I'm going to ask you at the end of this who you think has the best performance in the film. And there's just so many, which everyone you're talking about at the time is just phenomenal. That's all, that's that scene with um, Madeline, who uh, gets picked up by Sullivan in the lift. Which you'd be imagine you were running late that day. You're stuck in the lift with him while he's putting the charmers on. <laughs> yeah, fair shot. You would be fucked off. <laughs> I just want to explain that way to your gaffer as well. What are you like? <laughs> Sorry, mate. In the lift, and Big Man was trying to get his work on. And you know he'd fuck you over as well, so he'd be like, I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. I wasn't even in the lift. When she goes to take the card back and he says, don't worry, I'm a detective, I'll find you. No, I'm joking. I do need the card. I love love that. (laughs) Now, I say, 
You dream of being us move really, don't you? <laughs> well, Vera Farmiga, who does get the role, wasn't the first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth pick. Scorsese really wanted, and it goes in with what we've said before, a known actress in this role. Um, he approached Kate Winslet, Emily Blunt, Hilary Swank, Jennifer Aniston, and eventually, when he can't get any of his preferences, he uh, goes with Vera Farmiga. It does. Very, well, a very fair job. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. It doesn't, doesn't need to be particularly special, does she? And I think that's probably why it's better than having someone with a face in that. Can you imagine even just the fact that um, he gets piped by Leo later in the film? Like, if that was Jennifer Aniston, that becomes a thing. And that's part of the press stories. You know, these two have a sex scene in the film together. Yeah. Rather than it just being part of the character. Yeah. When they go on uh, Love Island and they claim, you know, I don't actually have a type. Her going for some rough, rough mobster. And on the other hand, she's got this smug, smarmy policeman. (laughs) Damon says that the characters are two sides of the same coin. Pardon? Takes far too long for people to work out he's a wrong one. Yeah. (laughs) I thought while watching it, he's got the scene, hasn't he, where he says, um, have you got a nice suit at home or do you like coming to work every day dressed like you're going to invade Poland? (laughs) I thought if I was working in that office with him, I know I wouldn't like him. I definitely feel feel some vindication as well after if someone told me, you know, that he was this awful guy. I knew it. (laughs) I knew he was. (laughs) Yeah. Everyone, a lot of people resent that he gets basically promoted to the ranks, but no one really ever seems to question at any point. (laughs) Okay, this guy, not really that long in the job, is just going to oversee everything now. That seems totally fair. Vera Farmiga met with a real LAPD psychiatrist to prepare for, to pe- prepare her for the role. The psychiatrist read the script and essentially told her her character does literally everything wrong. Do you really <laughs> need someone else to to tell you that? No, yeah, I don't no. know much about she the job. With but... her patient. <laughs> she tells um, someone else essentially like makes joke about what she does there. Um, he says he wants pills, and two seconds later. She just hands him two of them, chases him down the street, goes to coffee with him after. I could have told her she does every single thing wrong in the film. I, I don't think you needed a professional to tell her that. No, no, yeah, short of giving him like a month's worth of the drugs rather than just two. She yeah. Was wrong. It, she is great, though, as just kind of the connector of the story, just bringing like the two sides together. Yeah. Um, and also with the with the thing with the star power they've got, if she doesn't do a job, it will be horribly exposed because she isn't a name because it's still an important role. If she's you know willing or whatever, we're all going to be like, God, why did they get her in? Yeah, she she said kind of Copeland's daughter in the Godfather Part Three sort of vibe. Yeah, just uh, unfortunately she would be more harshly judged because she is the only woman in this film as well, really. Mm. Isn't she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She's got she absolutely says, bad for it. She says about how worried she was to be um, starring next to uh, De Niro and uh, DiCaprio. And, um, is that a cat that? or a kid in the background? It, it, it is, yeah. <laughs> I'm just trying to stop him. And she said just eventually they made her just feel like right at home. And so she had no issues acting alongside them. 
and she was able mm. to just kind of do her thing. So you've got Nicholson and Winston scrapping in the background, but yeah. putting put a brave face on it when she comes around. So, oh, it's all right. We're all happy here. Yeah, probably a bad shot. If it wasn't happening, we really done just launched right away. Well, he wasn't actually in the room. He's outside, and I was trying to let him in, but wasn't having it. Get him on the pod. Um, I was trying to. Um, her trying to give Damon the talk of, you know, it, it happens. There's oh, no possible God. way you can have that conversation where the other person actually feels comforted. Like, <laughs> I don't know how she thinks that's going to go. I think that I'm sure in, in some way maybe appreciates the effort, but he'd probably rather her just pretend that hasn't happened. Never has a bloke deserved that more than him, though. <laughs> Do you know, there's, a, there's a theory online that it's it, he's not impotent, he's gay. That seems like a reach, but all right. There's a 15-minute compilation on YouTube, if you uh, search <laughs> in there. Oh, what, the character passing? <laughs> fuck, mate. mate like, I swear to fuck, some people need to fill their time with better things. <laughs> <laughs> Am I wrong? No, well, we used to have right. a fan theory segment that it was either just completely rash or there was just kind of nothing to it. Um, that one, I can, I can maybe see. Maybe that's why he's so... Pent up because he's not being himself. Maybe, mate, maybe. Either way, um, as bad as Damon is, do you give her a pass for um, not just having a bit on the side, but I mean, she's going raw on the side, like she gets knocked up. <laughs> and it's, it's certainly not Damon's kid. Do you give her a pass? <laughs> Well, hey, look, it's Leo. Come on. On the one hand, on the one hand he's oh, an awkward no, bloke. No, so... no, no question. No, uh, no question. With no, no issue with the question. It's just how it's phrased. Also, on, are we saying like Damon just can never fuck her? It wasn't just the once. Yeah. Just, just never what? in their entire relationship has I never mean, been able to stick it. In according her. to him, it's working overtime. <laughs> <laughs> but we know the truth. It's doing niche. Marriage is an important part of getting ahead. Let's people know you're not a homo. Married guy seems more stable. People see the ring, they think at least somebody can stand the son of a bitch. Ladies see the ring, they know immediately you must have some cash or your cock must work. He says, yeah, it's working. <laughs> Overtime. <laughs> that is, you'd be, if that was like said in an office or whatever, you'd be like, this guy is fucking nothing. He is getting none. Uh, Correct. The role is, Ellaby that goes to Alec Baldwin. Um, initially, Scorsese wanted Mel Gibson. Oh, boy. Fuck. Gibson and Nicholson um, on the same same gig. Yeah. Honestly, they would have been said, having to bring in the coke by, by the <laughs> He says he was too busy doing Apocalypto, so he couldn't, he couldn't spare the time. And then next up, he basically said he'd always wanted to work with Alec Baldwin, so just thinking about that apocalypto trailer. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. Oh, mate, that's so... Uh, it's one of the but best yeah, things could in have, the world. Could have been Mel Gibson there. Uh, Ray Winston getting jealous that... Because Mel Gibson and Jack Nicholson would definitely get on, wouldn't they? Yeah, you fucking raiding lines off every scene. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's getting done. But... Do you, Ma- you genuinely don't need any more energy in this film <laughs> like think about it it's fucking frantic like, it's a two and a half hour film but for so much of it it's just frantic 
Imagine Gibson in the middle of it just shaking because he's fucking overloaded with hate and cocaine. <laughs> it's, the, this set is just like, know, basically, it's the equivalent of Barcelona. I don't know if Mel Gibson has ever, ever banged coke, by the way, so this is allegedly. Jack Nicholson has written about it, so it's fine, but allegedly. I think like, on a list of accusations that go Mel Gibson's way, that's probably... <laughs> yeah, 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 fair. You'll fall yeah, down yeah. the list of who he's going to be taking, taking issue with. Yeah, it's just fucking full of hate, right-wing politics. It's like if you call Ronaldo a diver at this point. It's like, oh, yeah. I've, got bit, I've got bigger things to worry about at this stage. <laughs> no, 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 you're right. You're right. It's a fair point. Matt a Damon lot of people people throw this at Mel Gibson, but they forget at the end of Lethal Weapon Four, he gets a rabbi to marry him. So <laughs> can he really be? Decide for yourselves. Matt Damon in this. I was trying. I've been trying to think all day today. I don't think I've ever hated a character more. <laughs> I'm sure there's someone I'm missing. Not even but... a villain in Spy Kids Four. <laughs> no, no, that was uh, offset by. Um... Jessica Alba doing her thing. Nothing to hate about that film. In this, Matt Damon, like, even when he's not being a complete scumbag, you still don't like him. <laughs> See, and he I just disagree. gets worse and worse and worse. I disagree. I did quite like him at the start. What? When he's eating with his mouth open on the date? <laughs> that was enough for me. Yeah, but that's your issue, though, isn't it? That's like a, his issue with Brendan Rodgers and his chap lips. He's like, yeah. you, just, you just never get past it. You shouldn't have that much money and have dry lips. It seems <laughs> like it's a fairly like, small thing to, that you can sort out very quickly. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, he is. I like him. No, he's very, mean, Matt, Matt Damon is a very, very good scumbag. Oh, he's, sure. he's, he's an exceptional scumbag in this. Like you feel, dirty, you feel dirty watching him, and I fucking love I, him for it. It's testament to him because he is a seems a fairly likable. It's not like he's hated outside of this. No, and he has he played a lot of characters that you really like. He didn't so help himself is... recently, if you recall. No, he didn't help himself recently, yeah. if you recall. Uh, no, he has a certain word <laughs> that he. Uh... He likes to use, isn't it? Oh yeah, yeah. That was one of, one of those. What are you thinking? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> that is self-stitching at its finest. <laughs> yeah, Damon in this, I, I agree, Ken. The film wouldn't be half as good without him. Um, I know we've used the phrase on here before. Um, plays a great asshole, which I've been discouraging because um, it just never sounds great. But he does play a great he, asshole. Yeah. In this, way you want to put it. I, I can't put into words enough what a cretin he is. Like every <laughs> single little slimy move he makes um, when he's sending them out to um, go and track Queen, and when he's like, uh, even just when he's at his like wormiest, when he's in the uh, theatre and he's getting all snug up next to Costello, he's just the whole way through. Just a bastard, and it wasn't even supposed to be Matt Damon originally. It was originally supposed oh. to be Brad Pitt. Fucking hell! Can't Brad do Pitt. it. Brad Pitt. So he. Scott says he really looked in here, didn't he? Christ. Well, so Brad Pitt had the rights um, to the film with the studio, and cast himself as Sullivan, and then dropped out, saying that he was too old to do it and he didn't fit the part. 
and Mate. then suggested Matt Damon to do it. What Genuinely, guy? Brad Pitt is a guy who makes some makes some very very good choices. Mm. He really does. But I do agree with all of it. I he, he can't. No matter what Brad Pitt is doing, Brad Pitt. So he produced the film instead. In every I just have to see him eat in every fucking scene. <laughs> I'm tired of watching that pricky ice cream. Like, like, do you know what I mean? Uh, it's like I know he does it now, like purposely, and it's now his thing. I mean, what are things have, by the way? Yeah, it's a, it's a great niche to have carved out. That. Yeah, it really is. But uh, I don't know. I'm not sure if I want it. He he instead chose to work um, and star in Babel, which came out in 2006. I don't even know. Not that about is. Ryan. The Ryan Babel story. <laughs> Brad, Brad Pitt just scoring a hat trick and especially <laughs> asking yeah, Rafa where he can't get more than twenty minutes off the bench. Yeah, him tweeting about Howard Webb and that's like <laughs> your big major twist. Damon, in this, I mean, we're going to talk entirely about the kind of ending sequence when it comes to uh, Damon, but the theatre scene with Costello was there any Weird. need? <laughs> no. who said to Nicholson you know what you having that strap on is a great idea <laughs> but I don't think there was anyone there to say no Scorsese should be a guy to say no <laughs> no he told him do what you want you can't say do whatever the fuck you want and then be like hey actually I don't like that but there's Look, been it's, free, it's free reign it's free reign or it ain't there's if been a critical then I don't even think it fits the character I just, your hatred of it. I just think it's quite funny. No, no, no it's funny. It's just weird. Like, <laughs> I don't really, I don't really get what, where this fits in. Like, that's his boy, though, isn't it? Yeah, but Big Frank. Do you think it fits in with the character like, he shows elsewhere in the film? Like, he's a guy who is very self-conscious about the way he's viewed and the way people are moving around him, and then a few days later. He's in public telling Matt Damon it's up on this. Not public, public though, is it, mate? It is public. What, a dark, dark house cinema? Or he's trying to knock, yeah. pretending to knock one out as well? Come on, if you have a look, there's four people. If I go to a cinema with you and you do that, I'm appearing <laughs> in public and I'm still finding it weird. I'm not saying, well, you know, it's a cinema, it's dark. I'll be honest, if I'm in the cinema with you, it won't be a strap on. So we call it out, look. That's not like a Just, threat. I was going to say something then, but I've actually fought better against it. So <laughs> I'm glad you did. <laughs> it's going to be a difficult Thursday pod to follow up your cinema trip. <laughs> um, anything more to say about just kind of Matt Damon in general in this? Because you've got the scene where he kills the delivery worker that just shows you how he will <laughs> get out of anything to protect himself. Ready to rock and roll at a moment's notice. Absolutely. The scene here that Dica- yeah, DiCaprio calls one of the greatest experiences of his life, something that gave him sleepless nights before, wondering how he was going to be able to do it. The uh, heavy as the crown scene where Costello is all but accusing Costigan of being a rat. Hmm. And he says, just to share the screen, just one-on-one, he must have filmed this before the maybe the latest scenes they have together. Yeah. Um, 
where he's got he's red, you can see how tired he is, he's got veins popping out of his head. His eyes are like watering with just how exasperated he is. It's like screwing his face up with every word. You accuse me once, I put up with it. You accuse me twice, I quit. You pressure me to fear for my life, and I'll put a fucking bullet in your head as if you were anybody else. Big man's got bollocks. I don't know, like, if you're looking for the standout person in your crew, does Costigan in this not go so far the other way? Like, they, they make the comment, don't they, about um, he acts like a man who's got nothing to lose, and you should never trust a man who's got nothing to lose. Like, he goes hard in this. He does well to not get clipped before he does. Yeah, no, you are. Yeah, there's so many avenues that this could go down where they're just like, I'm not having this from you, and he gets popped. This this scene, do you think it's just um, DiCaprio and Nicholson are both raising each other's game? Because they're both, like, I imagine Nicholson, I know the gun being involved in the scene was improvised, and do you think he's seen the way he acts at the start of that? And that's why he's doing the whole, like, gnawing away. He really, like, goes OTT on the, this gnawing rat. And he's, like, proper acting all of it out, setting the yeah. paper on fire. It's just a brilliant scene. Yeah, it is. Is it um, the best acted scene in the film? Mm. Uh, Damon, when he's about to go. When he's in the lift, yeah, he's we're about to get there. Just, just fucking kill me. Just, 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 <laughs> fucking, just, just, just fucking kill me. Um, <laughs> I, I was going to, I was always going to try and do it once, but I can't. I really, I really put some effort in, but I just can't. That was, that was I, decent. That was decent. We go with Ray, it. Ray, Ray, I'm sorry, my friend. I'll take back all my criticism. <laughs> it's a well, you messaged it. me I, in the week saying you were worried that any impression was going to sound like Donny Berger. That didn't. Don't think. No, no, but that was your fear. It was a, uh, it was uh, it was actually a genuine fear as well. Should be getting whacked off as a chase. The ending kind of sequence of this film. What would you say? Like the last half an hour, maybe? Would you say from when no. I kind of oh, eradicated so when, the whole Queen and I was going to say queen, queen and getting fucking banged off the roof. That's, That's wild. wild. That's so funny. Their ability the to do you... sort of shock scenes in this is phenomenal. Like that, obviously, that some of the shootings later on. Considering how many times I've watched this film, they do still shock. They set that up like it's a new scene. Like um, he's uh, DiCaprio is um, running away uh, to kind of get back and look like he's just kind of entering the building. He's just been picked up by uh, the crew, and you know, I guess at that time you imagine maybe. There's going to be some kind of torture situation, which we know that that gang uh, did enjoy doing. Yeah. And then as as uh, Costigan's running into frame, then you just see that body just flat in front of you. Just what? mad. Oh, it does make me laugh. <laughs> the fact that he gets spattered with blood, and then to end the scene, the van runs over his body. Yeah, I know. Really just like I didn't it. notice the first couple of times <laughs> that I saw this, and then you watch it, and like, obviously where it's where it's like a doll or whatever it is the fucking acrobat that body does work. <laughs> it almost gets caught in the tire. And it's like, yeah, it's great. 
It's such a level of disrespect. If that's going a couple of miles slower, they are actually just got a scene of them dragging his body down the road. (laughs) Hector style. Um, I do enjoy the cutbacks during that scene to Damon um, Sullivan as he realises this probably wasn't the move I should have made. (laughs) Like when the gunfire starts going and he just turns the radio off like, oh God. (laughs) And from about the midway point of the film, I would say, at least for me watching it, my my primary objective that I hope gets achieved isn't even Costigan getting out safely. It's I want to see Sullivan get his comeuppance. And so when you see the cards start to fall around it, then you do start to get a bit more geared up. Nicholson, uh, Nicholson going quite is a good scene. I was going to ask what you think of this. Do you think it's high key enough? I mean, it's, it's pretty decent. Like police storm in the building. His death, I suppose, is actually a little bit understated, but the build up to it is there. That's what I mean. Yeah, and then he goes to shoot him. Obviously, done any bam, bam. Uh, he's gone. Um, and they essentially have to squeeze Damon acknowledging to him that he knows he's a rat. Yeah, and yeah. killing him all within a very short space of time. That's a lot of stuff going on there. Yeah, Winston Ray just taking himself out. <laughs> like seems meant falling to, on his sword. But you think about it, he's trapped in a car that's about to blow up and he's gonna be on fire. And he's been shot. Yeah, you're going anywhere. I mean it it's he just goes, fuck it, bang. And he's just like, gone. But the thing the thing that when watching it back uh, occurred to me was with how understated feels harsh because it is obviously uh it's no, still no, but the main bad guy of the film getting killed. Just the doesn't actual, really have this great standoff. Yeah, that's what I mean. So that's why I'd say it was understated. I didn't mean it was yeah, insult. So, the builder was brilliant. You know, they stormed the building. It's manic. There's shit on fire. Right, of course there is. Why wouldn't there be? It's just stuff burning everywhere. <laughs> he runs around. A, he's having a little chill around the corner. Obviously, getting yeah, in it. I mean, for me, when I watch that, is when I know something else big or there's going to be another shocking death, or there's going to be another shock around the corner. Because the way that's done is like, this isn't your big finale. Yeah. Buckle up, you've still got some more to come, and obviously you you do then get that. Should we go into the reveal and then the ending? Yeah. So Madeline gets the... Uh, take the post in. Damon has just found out she's pregnant, and then Gets a bit weird. Does that mean that this can't? Does this mean that I can't still do this in his little smug <laughs> yeah. way? How far gone does he think she is? Yeah, <laughs> which she has no issue playing both sides there. So uh, she's she's still going. Um, goes out, decides to open his post because she sees uh, Costigan's name on there, and then you have that wonderful moment of realizing like the gig is up. Your time is now, and she effectively calls my rat, doesn't she? She says, uh, yeah. and I thought I was the liar, I think she says. You know what? I reckon, in reality, Damon could talk around. Do you reckon? I reckon he's been I able to worm his way out of so many situations, and she's, frankly, made some pretty awful decisions throughout the film. I think he can get back in there. Well, I think she knows that, which is why she doesn't give him the chance. Yeah, you might be right. She just closes herself away, doesn't she, and... 
at Leeds. Probably what probably wise to be fair. <laughs> it's the it's the only wise decision she makes throughout this whole thing. <laughs> yeah, she makes some poor choices. I mean <laughs> there aren't many people who make good decisions in this. No, no. No, pretty much, pretty much every 50-50 they get wrong. It's kind of like watching Fred. Dignam does, doesn't really put a foot wrong. I realise that includes like fucking murdering, murdering Damon, but nonetheless. Well, on he's strangely probably, he's yeah, probably the most moral character, strangely. Yeah. <laughs> Other than Leo is obviously, you know. Queen, Queen and don't do a lot wrong. Well, on the train when um, Costigan is saying he's surely not being tailed. And you kind of get the indication that he's maybe seen the guy further up the carriage who is trailing him. Mm. And they have no real issue there. So instead, they go to a building there's literally no escape from <laughs> yeah. onto the rooftop. Let's go onto the roof. This seems like a strong shout. You know what it is, don't you? Like, I, like it's, but you see it in so many of these films. The rule is you don't kill each other. Do you know what I mean? You see it in so yeah. many films. The yeah. rule is you don't, you don't, if you're do you know what I mean, if you're a gangster or whatever, you don't kill cops. Yeah. And they don't kill you. Yeah, you hurt each other, you, know, you, you play cat and mice, but the rule is you don't kill each other. And then as soon as you do, all hell breaks loose. You see it, it's a fucking, it, do you know what I mean, it is, and there is actually, but there was, that rule was taken for, for adapted from films for things in real life. Do you know when corruption was fucking at the source, the rule was you don't, you don't kill it, you kill each other. And they are at that. Yeah. Arrogant, or call it arrogance, because the cop is trying to do his job and you're a criminal, so you shouldn't kill him. Um, but the arrogance being on the copper, especially a fucking captain of the police. And in real <laughs> life, if a police captain got killed, you'd have every fucking, every police officer in that part, of the, like in the city of Boston, running after you. Well, Dickens <laughs> doesn't even know, does he? He doesn't even know until he gets told. No, but do, do you know what I mean? It's a case of fucking, you really would have. There, there'd be boots on the street it would like it would be mental yeah he's not half as wound up as he should be I don't think either who Dignan yeah but he's worried he, I reckon he's worried out at that point oh uh, he that would explain it so he knows what's coming he's already yeah. ordered the CSI suit and he's just ready to go yeah um He's, when... he's more wound up by DiCaprio's just presence at the start of the film <laughs> than he is by his his mental's death when when Billy then calls um, Sullivan and says his lawyer came to me, imagine that you rap fuck. Costello <laughs> trusted me more than anyone. Sound quality good enough because I was a little worried. I was like punching the air each time you watch that. <laughs> you're like yes, yes. And then obviously they meet up with him. And the second he just pops him when he comes around the corner, when he says, uh, I can get, yeah. I can get uh, your money, it's still so satisfying. I've watched the scene probably five times this week since uh, watching it um, during like, the whole film. It's still so satisfying every single time. Because... I do love... Sorry, I was going to yeah. say, I do love this scene because like, this is just carnage everywhere. You've got yeah. the other copper... Oh, you think you're the only one? Bam! God. Yeah. And, and the, yeah. Yeah, that's fair. He, he, he's not part of the game at all. <laughs> like, Damon, though, <laughs> Sullivan is, is still giving it Costum, some, even Costum, when... You, like, you feel bad for because he's, he's not done anything done anything wrong, but you'd understand it if you if you think about Damon's thing. And in the end of summer, he'd done nothing wrong. 
just a normal no. copper trying trying to do his job. Sullivan, what is this? A citizen's arrest below me. Only one of us is a cop here, Bill. Do you hear me? No one knows who you are. I'm a sergeant in the Massachusetts State Police. When he said sergeant, he put so much behind it. Sensational. But the point where um, Costigan is almost like battering him with his forearm and he's going, shut the fuck up, as he's like in tune with how he's doing it. I'm just not seeing Damon take a beating in in this scene. That's not just that's just what does it for me. I do really like the way it comes. He's like, oh, just fucking kill me, just fucking kill me. <laughs> um, oh, that when that elevated door opens and he gets popped. Yeah, I, I again trying to think, and it probably is because I've watched it this week, but I can't think of a time I've been more shocked. Certainly. Uh, TV, I can think of, of someone you think is one of those Game of Thrones moments, but in in this, in like a film, it's, oh, it's just so shocking. And still, as you said, TK, every single time, it's still a bit like, blimey, that's, that's, that's heavy. I, it's just, I lo- love how quick it is. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's no, there's no draw out, anything like that. As you say, it's door, the doors are still sliding as he pulls the trigger. Yeah, you never just a great way to have shoot it. You never have it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a good shot. I mean, shamey, shamey things with Damon's his boy, really. Otherwise, he could, he, you could have had a sequel about your man. Well, I've, I've <laughs> that just perfectly epitomises Damon's character as well. Just yeah. letting that guy kill him and then not right. <laughs> I'm going to do you next. Like, yeah, it does. Like, doesn't even think about it. No, no, no hesitation at all. Oh, it's, 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 it's so rough. Like, it, it's both the best scene I'm the most frustrating scene when you when you watch it because every time I just want you're Leo also quite to able to take him down get the tapes you're quite depressed at that point as well because you're kind of like well yeah. he's probably going to get away with this then because he's just killed the only guy this guy he's deleted him from the record so you can kind of make out like he doesn't exist this guy's going to get away with it which is why obviously Wahlberg being in his apartment at the end is so satisfying well even he does somewhat get away with it because he still doesn't get exposed as a rat. Like no, he, no. He gets capped, but at the same time, it's like not full justice. Is it? To like a martyr in that situation, like he is going to say is probably one of the Costello's guys taking their revenge because he's the one that got him. Yeah, fair. Just uh, even now, is it is this it's, obvious? It's, yeah, how how does Dingham actually deduce? I wanted to. I've always wanted to ask this question. It's always just seemed to me like he's just popped him because he didn't like it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Maybe he just insane. didn't work it out, and he's like, "I just don't like this guy." Well, we don't know. No, I, I'd like to. I'd like to. I, I don't know. Do I want the scene? I don't know if I want the scene. Maybe I do because I want more Wahlberg. But what do I want a scene? It's where not you shocking see... then. No, you're right, and I think I think it, they do it the right way. But I would like to know how does he? Uh, how does he clock it? Because he's not yeah. even involved. Yeah, that's it, isn't it? Yeah. Well, we don't know what happened to the tapes. I mean, maybe if right before he caps it, maybe Costigan does he, release, sends them to Dignam. I don't know. Yeah, like even if before he shoots him, he plays it, and you hear the line of him saying something like uh, "Dignam's onto you" or something like that, and then he goes, "Bam, you're done." Yeah, yeah. The little details in that scene, even uh, like the 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 brown bag that uh, Sullivan is carrying up, is the same items inside is uh, by the comic that he has in the opening scene where uh, Costello gets the products for him and even just no. the little things like he, he have you found that online or have you watched that? yeah have you, yeah. Yeah. No, so I, have you I, worked I, out um, fair play 
but the the dog cowers away from him when he goes to stroke it, and that's yeah. one of those things. Obviously, they show it, isn't it? Where they say animals yeah, are yeah. the best judge of character. Just the little things like that, and I know Scorsese where they show the uh, building in the background that they pan to a couple of times when he's getting the flat. That was him uh, kind of paying tribute to the Scarface, uh, the world is yours yeah. uh, outside. So it's 100 miles an hour when it does start to go downhill in this film. Yeah, and it's brutal and it's fun. It like I Probably not the word many, but it is. It's just incredibly well done. It's great to watch. If you and it, can just compare it to what? when we did Man on Fire and we said, yeah. look, when you're doing a rewatch of this, you, you'd almost be able to skip the first 40 minutes and then just have Denzel just going to town. With Don't this, get that in this. No, you're still more than happy to sit through. Yeah. What I mean, Absolutely. there's a lot more build-up. There's a lot more substance yeah. in the build-up in this. And that's, that's it. You get to listen to, no disrespect to Denzel, because as anyone who's ever watched this probably will know I absolutely adore Denzel Washington but the, you get to just mill around the cast in this don't you yeah but you don't have that in Man on Fire like no. Damon Damon and Leo doesn't really matter what the subject matter is I'll probably listen to them both talk for a good couple of hours yeah mm, yeah before we go on to the the next film because we do still have another film to do um, I know Keenan how many F-bombs do you think there are in this film? 274. TK? 186. 238 is the total. That's, That's a good difference. Yeah. And Keenan, I'll ask you first again, body count in this. I don't think it's as high Is that just as for I the therapist or for the whole thing? <laughs> Keenan's a lot more willing to answer these questions when you're here. When I ask him, usually he just refuses to answer. Yeah, because when it's just me and you, you always try and make me look play a fool. Whereas you're asking. <laughs> well, I'll ask TK first then. TK, what do you think the body count is in this film? Body count? Uh, yeah. I'm going to say... It's not going to be that many, really. I'm going to say around 40. Keenan? 24. 22. So very close. Yeah, I... I don't know. It feels like it should. When you actually think about the film, it feels like it should be more than that. Then well, a handful you... of them are literally in that one scene where. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I was thinking. Roof yeah, I thought there was just going to be a load in there that, you know, obviously there's a lot of taken as read there, isn't there? Like you said, there's a couple of. Ray Winston's couple of, getting the focus, but. There's a couple of guys who have got credits in this film as dead body number five, sort of thing, <laughs> when, they're in the where, when they're in the warehouse. And yeah. Chinese gangster number two. Bit collateral. Finally, Keenan, we did Black Mass previously. Um, Good. If we take the main two characters there, so um, Joel Edgerton uh, is the uh, Matt Damon equivalent in this, and yeah. Johnny Depp is the uh, Nicholson equivalent. Um, yeah. Do you think you could switch either of the uh, actors and still maintain the quality of film? I'm talking for The Departed. So could you swap Nicholson and Johnny Depp and still we'd be talking about it as a great film? You're closer to being able to do that than you are to swap Ed Edgerton with Damon. Joel Edgerton, we're almost supposed to feel sorry for when yeah, in this yeah, one, aren't yeah. we, until the end. Whereas 
Damon, they just play as an out-and-out prick. And he's so, so good at it. Cannot state that enough times on this podcast. <laughs> no. um, and the sequel so was rumoured for so long. Um, mm. William Monaghan, who wrote the screenplay for um, The Departed, said, my idea actually is to set the film before, during and after the action of the first film, which I think would be extraordinary. Essentially, in the middle section of the thing I've intended, you'd see actions that take place during the original Departed, but aren't on screen in the original Departed. There would be off-screen yeah. things that occur at that point in the story, but it would work seamlessly as a movie of its own. Um, the other rumoured idea was that Mark Wahlberg's character, Dignam, would be facing off against a new mob boss played by De Niro, directed like, by Scorsese. I like the idea of the... I like the first idea more. Yeah. Just tight, like, obviously, it's hard. They, you've got to change a lot because four out of your five main characters are dead. But, <laughs> well, they asked Monaghan about it and said, like, how realistic is this? And he said, well, what, what you need to think about is there would be a shit ton of money for everyone involved in this, whether we did a sequel, whether it was good or bad. Um, yep. He said, you'd have to pay a fortune for someone to write it, and I think he meant himself. Um, I hope he did. But what you would get out of it is people are going to watch that regardless. Um, he said the issue is Scorsese has no real interest in doing it. Like, they tried pushing it on him, and there was no enthusiasm there. I don't, yeah, I, he doesn't need it. This is the film, I know, like, this is the film that wins him his Oscar. Yeah. So does he want... Because it, it, like, it was almost a running thing in Hollywood for, like, however long. I No, no, he's not been nominated. He's not been nominated. Um, so this is the one that wins him his Oscar. So I, I don't know how much... I don't know how much he... The Oscars mean to him, but the one thing that Scorsese, like, loves is cinema. I think it means a lot to him to have one. He probably... It probably meant more to him not having one than it meant to yeah. him having one, I would imagine. I, I think just so. Just similar, similar with Leo, isn't it? In an odd way. It's, it's still kind of yeah, yeah. It's a good what thing, it kind it of... Yeah. yeah. I mean, this doesn't... It doesn't annoy me that Scorsese won it for this, but no, at the same no. time, you think, come on, like, you telling me... De Niro got it... Uh, DiCaprio got it for the revenants. Yeah, I get that. But are you, are you yeah, sort of think? Are you telling me for everything Scorsese's done since fucking 70... What two? You tell me he couldn't have won one before. Well, Goodfellas yeah, exactly. is the obvious one, isn't it? Like, yeah, it, like, are you telling me like it just wouldn't? I don't know. Like, like if he just done one of those films, you'd expect him to. So the fact yeah. he's done them all yeah. means, seems crazy that it doesn't. That probably this point. did go against him moving forward. Like if it was a fresh director that did Goodfellas or a fresh director that did Raging Bull, then he probably would have had one previously. But mm. the standard's so high. If we. Yeah, it, I understand that, but each of those films we're talking about, like regardless, if your standard could be a nine point nine nine out of ten, and that, but they are, yeah, good good fellas. I won't talk about because I am incredibly biased. Um, still got another pod on that. <laughs> yeah, I I mean I will I will do a ten hour series if you wish. A Netflix um, series, that maybe that could be our uh, pathway. Maybe that could be our way. Like, we are not made for TV, mate. <laughs> You speak for yourself. We're, we're made for YouTube these days. Um, I mean, you made us, it for YouTube, but... The TikTok I've put out so far is us marvelling at the guy from Bad Santa being able to put on 60 pounds. <laughs> <Yeah, but that's laughs> Just having glaringly white eyes. 
Pardon? Yeah, that is. That's unbelievable, Tacos. Yeah. And then they paid for a personal trainer for him to get it off after, which we won't talk about, Keenan. No, regardless, like, just think, oh, that's unbelievable. Let's, let's get into Carlito's way then. So, a Puerto Rican former convict just released from prison pledges to stay away from drugs and violence despite the pressure around him and lead on to a better life outside of New York City. Um, what do you think the critics think, Keenan? I think they like. I think they like it. The film's sombre mood is balanced only only by its larger-than-life performances, retro 70s threads, thrilling sequences, and plenty of sweaty disco tunes outside of Patrick Doyle's stellar score. I was grooving along to this last night. Some of the cheesy yeah. come on. <laughs> As a week, this is probably the best week we've ever had for soundtracks. Ooh. I'll have to have a look back. I mean, I quite like Goodfellas Killer, to be fair, but not everyone's bad. No, you're right. You're right. Um, Carlito's Way, Brian Palmer's return to the dangerous, violent world of Latino crime marks yet another advance in the remarkable second act of Al Pacino's career. They didn't see Jack and Jill coming at that point. <laughs> uh, Penn, in curled hair and wire rims, makes a brilliant, slippery high-end shyster. His modulated hysteria is amazing, so is Brian De Palma's direction. If they make this film today, oh, it's not Sean. Penn, it's not Sean Penn playing that guy in that way. That nose, like Sean Penn's got a fairly big nose, regardless. But they, that is a that is for sure a prosthetic that they've given him just to <laughs> just to up the stereotype. Um, so we haven't made this clear thing. enough. We just just yeah. to make it extra clear yeah, for you. Yeah, yeah. Perhaps the last great. Perhaps the last great De Palma film using his trademarks well, but not overusing them. For context, his next film is Mission Impossible. <laughs> I mean, Spawn's... I mean, look at what he does from that. Hard work. Yes, yeah, it's, it's probably downhill from Mission Impossible, but still directing films today, you're a fair play to him. Mm. Um, beautifully shot and extremely well acted, Carlito's Way is not only a great crime movie, but is also a tragic story of redemption as one man tries to escape the ghosts of his past and start again. If we do this different this time, I'll, you know, I'll run you through the trivia and I've got some questions that uh, we'll lead on from. Yeah. Um, so the on-foot chase scene took months and months to film. Uh, De Palma said, we started the chase in winter and finished it in the middle of summer. Um, Pacino's black coat started to cause the actor issues when they were filming the chase from the train carriage to train carriage, as it was in the height of summer. So he was sweating to death. At one point, he said he had enough, and he actually just took the train home. <laughs> I don't envy that. If it's anything like the uh, tube in London, even in like, spring, if you're in a jacket on there, it's deadly. Let alone a big, yeah. thick, black leather jacket. Um, El Pacino had difficulty with his scenes with Jorge Porcel, who played Sasso, the club owner. The actor, who was primarily a television comedian, spoke no English and had to learn his lines phonetically. Wow. Can't bounce off him then, I imagine. Um, Pacino and Penelope Ann Miller became romantically involved during filming. Miller spoke publicly about their romance in interviews, but Pacino was in a relationship with Lindau Hobbs at the time. Oh, God. Ow. Pacino Ow. attended the film's premiere with Hobbs and avoided Miller entirely. <laughs> 
<laughs> you seeing those uh, interviews pop up on his TV and he's like, oh God, <laughs> why are you doing this to me? Um, Penelope Ann Miller, who was uh, supposed to be on, on the pod way back to the point of trying to set up the date and then yeah. never quite got it over the finishing line. Crazy. Now, um, Al Pacino originally wanted to grow a ponytail to play Carlito, but when he visited East Harlem, he saw that none of the men wore their hair that way. Pacino with a ponytail. Um, I'll do, he had to direct- take a visit down there to establish that, <laughs> yeah. but all right, fair enough. Yeah. Well, there was, there was a bit I meant to mention did The Departed where they said that uh, DiCaprio went and visited some uh, Boston mobsters to learn their ways before filming. We always hear these yeah. stories. How do these things happen? I can't imagine DiCaprio just walking down the street going, hang on a minute, you look a bit... I'm about to do this film. Excuse me, are you in a gang? I'll around with you. <laughs> I'll just keep in touch well, with you for, for a few um, days. For the Scorsese ones, um, like, in the same way that he had a fair few, a fair few of them just chilling in the background in Goodfellas. Even he's from, he's an Italian-American from Queens. It's not too difficult to... It, he said it's not too difficult to reach out even now. Yeah, and he said he felt quite comfortable doing The Departed because how many police were on the set. It was Scorsese. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he'd rather be around criminals. Uh, yeah, there is that. Yeah, I was just that it's easy to say it, but that is very much. Uh, don't worry, I'm still Jenny from the block sort of stuff. That isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, don't like all these cops being around. But like when when um, I did the Scarface research, like uh, the guy that wrote the screenplay for that literally like traveled south america and then miami and actually yeah. like fraternized with these people went on coke binges with them before he went cold turkey to quite literally learn how they were and to have a good time um i, yeah, can't I imagine feel like he didn't like, have to force himself onto that one no but well you eventually had to go to paris it was the only place so he couldn't get coke which seems incredible in my experience <laughs> anywhere in europe it's just randomly offered to you in the street it is anytime you want. Obviously, maybe he looked a bit shiftier. But DiCaprio, like, he can't go around like clipping someone. Like, I don't know how he gets involved in this. Maybe Scorsese does the groundwork. It would be superb, wouldn't it? Like, Listen, yeah. I've got to get into a character. <laughs> so I had to do a couple of hits for these guys. Um, so John McKenzie and Abel Ferrara were considered to direct this before Brian De Palma. Uh, De Palma was very reluctant to accept it because he didn't want to be stereotyped as just doing Latino gangster movies. But the script eventually convinced him to do it. The scene where Al Pacino visits Sean Penn in hospital, they had real issues with this. And Pacino kept almost refusing to shoot it because he kept insisting his character wouldn't do this. Why would he go to the hospital when he's trying to get away? But it, no. it makes no sense. Uh, we had this yeah. conversation last week. Yeah, De Palma got his way and said, look, just film the damn scene. I mean, and I know we just spoke about this with Departed, but I'll be honest, Carlito's decision-making, not too hard. Yeah. So the <laughs> idea that he would draw the line at the hospital seems a bit far-fetched. He's making all the wrong choices. Yeah. Uh, piss Something, poor. <laughs> I thought about the first time he's on screen, so... Um, Pachanga's lines were originally written um, and phonetically spelled out in heavily accented slang. But some of the crew members that were of Latino descent were actually very offended by this. Um, 
David Kopp, who uh, wrote the screenplay, uh, he rewrote Pachanga's lines in standard English and told Guzman to uh, speak with a very heavy accent and improvise yeah. some slang. But the first time he was on screen, I thought to myself, this is almost like a bad impression yes. that someone's doing here. And so I don't think it made much difference other than the way it was written on the page. Uh, I also not a great fan of whatever accent Pacino was trying to do in this film. <laughs> I don't know Puerto Rican, he says. And he, oh, no, one of, he, he just at like, times he just kind of uh, I don't know. He almost mate, makes it's, it like, it's quite lyrical. He's like singing. He almost makes it camp at times where he just starts yeah, he like really that. going with it. You told me last week, Keenan, you just don't question what Pacino does. No, I watch this. It's a fair bit <laughs> of fun. I've never so, seen this film before, so that's just a little relevant, isn't it? Well, it's still Pacino. Yeah, um, but this this here one of the most wild pieces of trivia I've read doing the podcast. I mean, um, John Leguizamo, my uh, arch nemesis, wrote in his <laughs> wrote in his autobiography that he and Penelope Ann Miller just did not get along during filming. Um, he said. To know Penelope is to dislike her, is what he said. And then he went on TV some years later, and he said that the costume department in 1993 um, would take Penelope Miller's clothes and they would reduce them by a centimetre every day of filming to make her think she was gaining weight. He said, oh my God. She was, he said she was flipping out, but she was mean. She was evil, so they kept doing it every single day. <laughs> oh, so she started it, they finished it. <laughs> well, he later backtracked on this, which I do think was because it was one of them where, uh, retrospectively, people went back and watched the interview and was like, this is horrific. It's and a he different was like, time. you know what? I don't, I don't actually, she was never unpleasant to me, so I don't really know. But, <laughs> but yeah, like he, he had like a chapter about her in his autobiography about how he just did not like it. But he, he said this on TV some years later. But that is that is just wild. Like <laughs> taking taking chapters in your book just to slag someone off. <laughs> the idea and then the saying, fact, oh, I don't have a problem with her actually. No, no, just the fact that that's got to him makes me think that more people on the set knew about it. And yeah. they're all just like slowly looking at her reaction just to see her getting more and more self-conscious. But the fact that they did all in on it means she probably was a total bitch. <laughs> That's just, I, I read that last night and I was like, what the hell? That is mental. <laughs> There's a layer um, of commitment to that as well, to, to yeah, actually really be 100%. doing it. 100%. <laughs> um, Alan Dershowitz threatened a lawsuit against the filmmakers because he felt that David Kleinfeld was based on him. Dershowitz um, been killing many mobsters? Yeah, not sure that's why you want to fess up to it. You don't, well, sure you want yeah. to confess to being like this guy. But yeah, he threatened to sue because he was convinced that's what that's what they were trying to do. Now, I don't wish didn't. to get the I don't wish to get the pod in trouble. But okay. is there not a lot of people? There's probably gonna be a lot of Jewish lawyers going, you know what, I'll just see if I can sue. Uh, I mean, those comments are your own, and me and Keenan would distance ourselves from they that. They do not. They do not reflect <laughs> the opinions of. But they've just created. A, they've just created a stereotypical <laughs> character. So surely anyone's just going to go right. That yes. could be me. I, I, I texted you last night. 
I knew the film, but it didn't like click in my mind that that was Sean Penn till about halfway through. Like, I just kept Wild. looking at him like, I know your face. <laughs> it does certainly I look different. I just couldn't get Gene Wilder out of my head at the time. And I was like, I know it's not him. <laughs> and then I just Googled the character just during the film. I was like, oh, that suddenly just makes so much sense. Um, his idea Gene Wilder in 1993, didn't that? His, his idea it was to uh, shave a receding hairline in. And the part oh, was it? like, you know what? Yeah, not a bad idea. Let's do it. <laughs> Sad say. Um, Brian De Palma's first choice for the role of Gale was Irish actress Alison Doody, who played Elsa in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Um, she rejected the offer because of a topless dance sequence she'd have to perform in the movie. Yeah, fair enough. He also didn't want her that badly then, because you think you could just have her with his top on for that scene. Yeah. De Palma wanted some titties in there. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's basically for it's a scene in a strip club someone's getting someone's getting their kit off <laughs> um, Al Pacino claims he played professional pool in Las Vegas for a month to prepare for his pool playing scene do you believe that no it's also a fucking waste of time <laughs> <laughs> it's hardly seen it's hardly pitiful and he doesn't actually play pool his pool playing scene is banging someone in the face <laughs> he's hardly like having to do like a, a whole tournament on it is he I like the idea of him insisting that he's paid for this time like, I'm doing this for the film you've got to understand that while he's in Vegas just shooting <laughs> pool for a month um, Kleinfeld actually doesn't die in the novel on which the film's based, um, but De Palma felt that Carlito should have some retribution before he died. Yeah, he, he deserves that, let's face it. It's a great scene. It's, it's, it's a very um, like Bond-esque sequence, isn't it? Like they're taking the bullets out of the gun. Yeah, um, Yeah, that is a great scene. So long, so long count to that. <laughs> I've got some questions then that uh, I took down during the film. The, the first one, um, no surprise. Thoughts on them essentially showing the ending at the start? Like, I, I was shook watching this. Cut me off. I, I couldn't believe that I was so shocked by the ending. And you know what You've already seen it. Yeah, Joe you know Ross pissed me off about this. It was Byron. Oh, no. No, I'll tell you for what. Many, many, many moons ago, we spoke about Carlito's wife. I said, oh, he's oh, really, really good. Said, okay, okay. George, I was like, oh, I know what happens at the end, though. It's one of them. We've had this happen a few times. He's like, ah, oh, such a shame. Like, it's such a good ending if you don't know what's coming. Oh, bang, bang on Netflix. Two minutes in, the fuck is left on the ground? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, don't I'm you not if you don't know what's coming. It's, it's the opening <laughs> scene, man. I can only assume that I thought it was kind of going to be like, and I'll compare it to Limitless because we did that a few weeks back, where they show you that at the start and then the film carries on after that and there's more that happens so he's saved in hospital or this and that but yeah, I, I also was shocked you've, by had, a Mar- you've had a Mary they show if I'm not mistaken they show that it's Benny Blanco that does it don't they in the opening part yeah that's uh, what yeah it's quite a detail no that's horrific isn't it absolutely horrific I was, I was fortunate the first time I ever watched this film, I didn't see the start. So I was maybe five or ten minutes later to watching it. So I wouldn't have ever seen that. So I, the, the, the ending was authentic, I guess. But yeah, upon 
you know, any time I've rewatched, I thought this is just such a dumb decision for a good yeah. film. Like, you've got to think, um, someone there, and I know uh, Brian De Palma worked with the same editors on a lot of his films, only by the fact that when me and Jack spoke to one, who I don't think liked us very much, but <laughs> he'd done like eight De Palma films. So I know that he had a tendency to stick by them. And I don't know if they're just comfortable, maybe, and just didn't feel that they could tell him, like, this is a horrible idea. Like, I can't yeah. think of any film where it's a good idea to ruin it, especially as the end is supposed to... The whole point of it is you're supposed to be shocked. Are you not by that? He's finally got yeah, away. Yeah, it's just back. basically yeah. devastated for him, yeah. But I don't know if maybe enough time has passed that you're supposed to have forgotten about it, much like you're supposed to have forgotten about Dignam by the time it gets to the end of the party. But I, I don't know. Just, I mean, Yeah, but that would be like if Scorsese had shown that at the start. Yeah. yeah He's just yeah. gunning down Damon and it's like, okay, this it's, does not work now. Yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't get it. Myself. I don't know why, why they go that way, that way about it. I don't oh, horrible choice. Nice little... Uh, voiceover he has at the start don't yeah. take me to the hospital please fucking emergency rooms don't save nobody some bitches always pop you at midnight when all they got is a Chinese intern with a dull spoon my Puerto Rican ass ain't supposed to make it this far <laughs> <laughs> don't worry my heart I don't ever quit I ain't ready to check out seems like I just got out of the joint surf in front of that judge and told him that was who you did you better before where have you gone one of his airplanes has died. Yeah, one of them died. With one died for the other. Every week. I have to put out this shit every week. <laughs> Lack yeah. of professionalism. Mad with me all the time. Well, you are Chief Rustler. Did you just do that on purpose? Yeah. There was a rustle immediately. <laughs> I just called you a rustler. <laughs> Again, so you look straight for me. It wasn't me, was it? I can hear it, it's not me. I didn't, know you, I didn't know you could hear it. Uh, um, I said this earlier. But there we go. Um, yeah, horrible, horrible decision. I, I don't know why uh, they do it, but there we go. It's very what much you... that the butler did it in a murder mystery, and you're thinking this is going to be too yeah. obvious. <laughs> no, no, the butler did do it. Because well, they do that to kind of draw you away from it, don't they? Like, it mm-hmm. actually wasn't what happens but but yeah that, that's it I can see why you might think watching those opening credits well this won't be the end of the film yeah like, you'd be watching thinking when's the twist coming the twist just doesn't come um what do you think of the voiceover um sometimes the same as I, I think, think I've before <laughs> yeah because I think we've said before it can sometimes feel a bit lazy like you, you don't have the scenes to put things together so you can get around it what I can say is Essentially, that this is based on a book, and there's two books, and the original is essentially all up to when he gets to prison. The second book is uh, when he's out of prison and everything that goes on. So it's kind of a combination of the two books that you get in here. So I don't know if the voiceover is supposed to eradicate you having a five-hour-long film, but Mm. it often just feels a bit cheat you feel a bit cheated when you kind of rely on that do you think Pacino could do a fourth wall break on screen 
Like, uh, can you imagine him know. talking to the camera explaining this while the voiceover is going on? I don't know. I'd be fascinated to see it, I will say. I'm talking like Goodfellas courtroom scene. Like, I was thinking more Fred Bueller. <laughs> I don't think he's got that in the locker. He just has a turn. He's, he's no Broderick. <laughs> oh, you're right, Al Pacino's never killed someone. <laughs> that we know of. Mm. Yes, but we know we know for certain that Matthew Broderick is dangerous driving <laughs> killed someone. I don't think he was done for murder from memory, Keenan. No, you're right. Two in Japan finals, isn't it? What it must be like to be to live in the other half. I got that for a parking fine, for fuck's sake. <laughs> fucking Jesus. There wasn't a body in the trunk. Come on. I fucking would have been um, the attendant if I'd have caught the attendant and put him in my car. <laughs> the, the scene when Pacino is kind of lured back in, he, he t- puts his first toe back into crime. Within um, two minutes of leaving. <laughs> there, there's a lot of issues here. First of all, um, if a suspicious guy keeps telling me to put my head in a fridge unit <laughs> yeah. after I'd say, like, I can't see anything in here, and he keeps, no, no, come on. Go You've got to go further in. Have a little look a bit deeper. <laughs> I'm probably looking that there's some issues there, and I'm going to stop doing it. Well, let's say his cousin is potentially the most naive character there's ever been in this type of film. I know the point is he's supposed to be a kid, but they've basically he's basically like a paper boy. He has no idea what's going on in any of this. Uh, exactly. He thinks just flashing Carlita around is is going to be enough. That was painful. I'm gonna, if, if that's you rustling, TK, oh, it's getting quite rough. I just scratched my head then, but I didn't. I haven't done anything else. Well, I just if I blame Keenan again, he was he wasn't going to be happy, so. <laughs> just throwing it around um, I like the a quote from Pacino in his narration before that where he says uh, actually I think he says it to uh, Kleinfeld a favour is going to kill you faster than a bullet next time someone asks oh, can you do me a favour <laughs> I'm, I'm quoting that back no favour I'll owe you there's a lot of actors in this that I mean, Sean Penn being the one that I didn't recognise. Also, the, the guy in the wheelchair is um, Viggo Mortensen. Mm. Goes on to be Aragorn in Lord of the Rings. Yeah, I not Yeah, I, I was looking at him a lot. I know your face, but I can't work out where from. And then uh, that's obviously where it is. Also, um, the guy that plays... Um, Vinny Tagliolucci is in The Sopranos. And I was looking at him like, I know your face and he plays Tony's dad um, in the little flashback scenes uh, Johnny Boy uh, Soprano I think it is so you've got a couple of recognisable faces in here I think there's seven actors that were in Scarface nice ten years after Scarface this came out mm-hmm. so it's like Pacino's tried doing a bit of something else he's won his Oscar as for Scent of a Woman and then Still that's, fun. He, fun. that's what you know he does what God Father three is a year before this, I believe. That's ninety two, isn't it? A couple of years before, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It comes out in nineteen ninety. It comes out the same okay. year as Goodfellas, doesn't it? Goodfellas, yeah, because yeah. Goodfellas had gets shown up was at the Oscars. Other headphone died, but I'm back. Bloody hell! I think I'm back. There we are. Um, what was I going to say? Okay, yeah, Sean Sean Penn's character in general. We usually do. Who's the real star of the film? Does Sean Penn do enough to steal the film? Can you hear me? 
does he do enough to steal the film? Uh, not for me. He's, I don't know. He's, he's, he's kind of annoying as well. Is the problem? He's just, he just never wins me round. He's kind of. He's such a liability. I think she you know, mate. Do you do you think? Because there's a lot of praise for Sean Penn's performance in this when you look at reviews and when you look at things like that. Do you think he benefits from a? I didn't think you could do this. You've exceeded my expectations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, he does. After he just go on to do a few bits, doesn't he? Because that's it. He's a fun a... character to be able to play with because he's just off the yeah. rails. He's he's going on his own sort of Henry Hill type journey where the start of it you think he's fairly all right and then he's just by the end is just all over the well, place to be fair it brings up some red flags because about five minutes after carlito has got out of prison and he says i'm leaving that life behind now and he's going what do you mean what else do you what else are you going to do you don't have to do anything else like, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> terrible <be> lawyer <laughs> <laughs> absolutely terrible and he just uh, encourages it and then Brian De Palma knows how to uh, sell a good coke habit, I guess. I mean, all of Carlita's issues are pretty much down to him. Like, he actually yeah. could be out of it, and this guy just drags him well, back says, into the mire. It's in his character. You can't hate him for his character. <laughs> that's, what he, that's what he tells uh, his missus. You can't hate him. It's just what he does. Gail. When it comes one, of the, to... one of the best things of Carlito as well is how accepting he just is quickly of a situation. So he'll go, well, I'm here now. So he'll go, <laughs> he he crossed the line, but I'm here with him. So I've crossed the line as well. So, oh, fair enough. Yeah, that's that's absolutely right then. The situation of Kleinfeld killing the mobsters. Do you think that was the right decision, just the wrong decision to bring Carlito along? Or do you think he should have gone through with it, rescued the mobsters, and then waited on the other side just to see if they were going to spare his life or not? Mm. Yeah, because I instinctively thought wrong decision. But he probably gets iced either way, doesn't he? Let's face it, this man is on borrowed time. He's fucking off people, <laughs> left, right and centre. Um, another thing I had down, um, Gail has no respect from her home. I mean, she's, <laughs> she's hot for Carlito here. And makes him kick the chain off the door to have his way, which there's another scene later on where it's back on the door. So she clearly needed that on there to feel safe. Got locksmith in ASAP afterwards. But needed Pacino to barrel the door down just to feel like. Yeah, that annoyed me. I, th- I think you just said, look, just fucking let me in. Come on, <laughs> just get fucking around. Also, anyone around. walks, there's, it's only a, in a flat. So like people could be walking past. And they just see Pacino just peering through the door. Yeah. Oh, someone's just broke into your house. <laughs> it's okay if we're having sex. Very, very strange. Um, Keenan, your first time seeing it, what did you think of the film? I really liked it. I really did. Your favourite was Sasso, was it not? Yeah, real, he's a real one. <laughs> well, it yep. didn't take long for him to be nicking that cash. He's going to tell him about it. Gives him a way out. <laughs> That's one of them where it's like, I was going to, honestly, I was. <laughs> what, you said you've seen it multiple times, TK, so I assume you're a fan of the film. Yeah, I definitely like the film. Um, you are you are right to point out. 
it's probably I don't know another twenty percent better if they don't have that film with the opening credits. Yeah, <laughs> no idea what they're thinking there. But I actually think, in terms of the sort of the feel you get for the character of wanting him to get away, kind of think you can see how he doesn't really want to get involved in this, but keeps getting dragged back in. Yeah. So many of these sort of crime films are about this guy's attempt at redemption and getting out of it. And this is just basically the embodiment of it. He's really genuinely trying, but just can't help but seemingly keep finding himself in these situations. Now, he gets to the situation where he has Benny Blanco. All he has to do is say the word and he's, he's dealt with. Mm. He takes his standpoint where he says, I'm not getting involved in that life anymore. I'm not going to do it. Probably shouldn't kick the guy down three flights of stairs before you have that moral standpoint because it's not then your choice to say it's over Benny Blanco should probably be thankful his, his life gets spared but at the same time yeah you you're not in for a penny in for a pound once you've thrown him down yeah. the stairs and beating him up do you not think oh we may as well just finish the job here I feel like he's Again, decision making. I feel like he gets the Benny Blanco thing all wrong anyway. Like he seems to just fuck him off for no real reason. Like the guy's right up his ass. Might be a bit annoying that. But you could kind of just be in like, oh, all right, kid, or whatever. But he's just straight away just, just doesn't like him and makes it clear that no. he doesn't like him. And telling him this girl that he's seeing, yeah, she's with Dave. I was like, what? That would never. That's just the quickest way to fuck off this guy who's clearly mental. And after he's called him. A fucking JP Morgan is selling smack. Like, that's a hell of a compliment to be given. Like, yeah, yeah. He told me I was the JP Morgan of the podcast, and I'd, I'd be over the moon. I, I wouldn't be kicking you down two flights of stairs, what, less than a week later? Over a girl <laughs> that's not even mine. And then he's not even Dave's. She's anyone's. Yeah, yeah. She's gun for hire. Rumor has it, this is a. The, how the uh, Winston and Nicholson interaction first went as well. <laughs> the other J.P. Morgan and Mob movies. And he, uh, yeah, get out of my that. And he's like, who the fuck are you again? <laughs> also, I mean, I, I do question everyone's decision-making in this film. Like, Tagliolucci goes to his bar, is determined to take him out here and now, and then lets him out of his sight for a second because he's going to switch to champagne because he's not going to do it in the middle of the club. But he's happy to be firing pistols across the railway station. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if, if I'm ever getting a train and there's gunshots on the platform, don't carry on with my train as if nothing's happened. Like, as soon as he gets off that platform, everyone's like, you know what? Fair enough. <laughs> Keenan, if you yeah. were De Palma here, yeah. Um, You've got the permission to write, rewrite, edit the uh, script. Mm-hmm. Is it the right or wrong decision to, for Carlito to die? I really wanted him to get away, mate. I really did. Even knowing that the fucking... I, although I had it in my head. I swear he got stabbed. It's like the quietest shotgun in the world. <laughs> it's the only thing that... It's the only bit that surprised me. I knew it was coming, but I swear he got stabbed. He got shot three times. Yeah, yeah, uh, close range. To be fair, it's a little shotgun in there. He doesn't even fly back. He just buckles over a bit. Well, it's a big silent pistol. And then Benny Blanco does I... the Matt Damon and turns on his mate. Yeah. Uh, I do. I actually, as a line, actually, you stay here. <laughs> I do like that. Yeah. I was 
I'm like, I forgot that uh, Pachanga rats on him. He got oh, told just raging. Sasso. Sasso is a real one. I told you this. Yeah, so, you're right. Because look, Miriam I, I, thinks, I think he's doing this. Carlio boys him off. You know what happens? Yeah, I don't blame Blanco for getting rid of him. Like a week before, he's saying, "Come on," he's grinning, going, "Let me do it." It'll be like the good old days. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You, you know what? You actually you transfer all your rage immediately as soon as you realise he's a rat. You try to all your rage to him, and then Blanco kills him within two seconds anyway. Mm. Yeah, a cartoonish way dies shooting him from the side. Yeah, do, yeah. Do you think the film would be held in as high regard though if Carlito gets away? Like, say, no, no. Blanco tries to well. shoot him, he kicks him away or something, gets on the train doors shut, he gets away. It'd probably be. I mean, it wouldn't be forgettable, but it wouldn't be half as memorable. They should have killed the bird. He should have killed the bird and Carlito gets away. Then he's, he's got away, but at what cost? Imagine that. Yeah, that is an ending. Dark. Yeah, right. Her, her way of saying that. Imagine if he security. always said, if he always just, instead of saying, remember me on ben, Benny, Benny <laughs> Blanc from the Bronx, he went, you'll always remember Benny Blanc from the Bronx and just shot her. Yep. <laughs> Like her saying, I'm late, and he's going, Okay, where are you going? No, <laughs> I'm late. And it's like, Just say you're pregnant. Yeah. Like, I think the tires you're messing about. <laughs> I didn't realise it was a copper. Like, John, you know, the lad's following up behind, following up behind. Obviously, I know that's the point, but I just presumed he was going to get stabbed. No. He did do a good job of that throughout the film. You, you do feel yeah. kind of basically tense for him, basically yeah. constantly, thinking someone's going to do him in. Mm. I had a, I had a look back to see how many times I tweeted John Leguizamo um, nine times <laughs> um, in the space of uh, a month, so it could have been worse. Um, it's no wonder he uh, he barked at you in the end. Yeah, it was right around the time the Infiltrator was coming out, and I think I was in the cinema. So I, at the time, I as soon as I watched it, I tweeted, "I still can't believe you did this." <laughs> All he wanted was a better life for his wife and kid, <laughs> and then. The infiltrator came out and I tweeted him like, so they just pretend John Leguizamo didn't kill Carlito and let him in the infiltrator as if nothing ever happened. That poor family. <laughs> and then some other ones like that. And then he kept slagging off Trump on his Twitter. And I was like, very rich to take the high ground when you killed a good family man like Carlito, you hypocrite. <laughs> I love that he's read all this seriously as well. <laughs> and yeah, and then uh, he eventually bit when I said uh, I just still can't believe you've done this he said dude you realise it's a movie not a documentary, check meds or lower dosage and all these people <laughs> messaging me like you, you didn't realise this was a film <laughs> God's sake man all Americans are in there they just don't yeah. Yeah. so good someone someone uh, uh, asked why I was mad and I was like well he just wanted a better life and you killed him <laughs> <laughs> Someone else replied saying, "Don't don't at John. He's a great actor." I was like, and he killed Carlito when all he wanted to do was have a nice life with his family and his kids. <laughs> a nasty piece of work. Like you're the son at home think, thinking, "How's he getting away with this? <laughs> How's he not been locked up?" Keenan seems to think that sending him that might convince him to come on the pod. When I think he did genuinely seem quite irritated by it. I think you should send it to him. 
offering too much. It'd be a hell of a coup. <laughs> yeah, especially as I've now been removed from IMDb Pro, the first person to be banned from IMDb Pro is my free trial um, habits. They realise after the 14th free trial that can't be doing that. That'll change. Mm. Um, shall we go on to the judging? Yeah, before anyone else's headphones die. Alright, scorecards, scorecards, scorecards. Okay. First of all, Keenan. Yeah, there. Which film did you prefer? The Departed. TK? Same. Good matchup, but The Departed. I agree. Keenan, more rewatchable? The Departed. TK? Yeah, I think for, for a film of its length, The Departed is really rewatchable, actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It goes a um, lot. Best moment slash scene. I'm going with the rooftop. De Niro, DiCaprio and Damon coming face to face. Yeah, I'll give you up. TK? Mm. It's hard to argue with that. I'm going to go with the uh, crime reduced scene. <laughs> Just Big Ray. Audacity of it. Uh, TK, best quote? Oh... To be fair, Pacino does have a couple of really good lines in Carlito's way. Um, but I think the thing that sticks with me is the that that's not quite a guy you can't hit, but it's almost a guy you can't hit. I think that rings true to a lot of things. Keenan? Uh, I really like... You thought she was... I thought she was reliable. Well, she wasn't. Yeah, she got... But she became... She got reliable. I actually just like that scene as well. There was just a random switch out to show him strangling his missus in the shower. <laughs> I'm gonna go for a. Uh, are you calling us cunts? <laughs> Childish. You can like pretty much anything anything Wahlberg says could is a fair yeah. argument. I wouldn't argue with. Keenan MVP DiCaprio. TK. Matt Damon. Matt Damon. I'm also going Matt Damon. Fair enough. Keenan best side character. Best Wahlberg, isn't it? Any disagreement, TK? No, no. Um, so I agree. Um, and we have here the more powerful Don for the uh, gangster one. So I guess are we saying Nicholson and then we're using Carlito or Benny Blanco in this? It would have to be Benny Blanco. Carlito was trying to get out of that life. So I mean, Nicholson's far more powerful, isn't he? Yes, sir. Right. Yeah, for sure. In which film are they better dressed, Keenan? Carly was well. TK? Yeah, yeah, I think just by default. Um, Keenan, best soundtrack? Oh, I don't know. I'll probably edge towards the part of the one because it contains one of my favourite songs ever. But Carly Wright does have a uh, give me shower. TK, which are you going with? Yeah, this is tough than I thought this. Um... I'm going to go with Carly as well, even though I don't know a lot of it, but just that it is, I do think the soundtrack yeah. keeps it going. There's, been, there's a certain sort of pace to it that I think is helped by the soundtrack. I'll go with Carly as well. As well. I was grooving. Yeah, <laughs> I go, won't say anything bad about it. It is a great soundtrack. Mm. I'll go with you first, TK. Which film is more original? Mm. That's tough. I guess, neither is that original, I guess, are they? They're both sort of I'll probably go with The Departed just because the, the mobster trying to get out of that life, I guess, 
is kind of the essence of a lot of crime films, even if it's not as maybe deliberate as Carlito's way is. I mean, that is the entire plot, is him trying to get out. One's Scorsese doing Scorsese, the other's De Palma doing De Palma. Yeah, I guess the, the party just has a little bit more in terms of that uh, sort of dual threat of DiCaprio and Damon doing these opposite roles at the same time, I guess, is hey, fairly it's different to most things. One. It's microprocessors. <laughs> Do you know, the, the reason for that was... Um, the uh, the Chinese gang that they uh, meet was uh, Scorsese wanted the actors from uh, Internal Affairs, the uh, original film. He wanted those actors to have cameos as the Chinese gangsters in that scene, but they couldn't get it over the line. But they just kept it just because they'd already written it then after that. Right. Fair enough. Keenan, which film do you think is more original? The Departed. Carlito's way, but I don't I hate the choice. Bigger impact, Keenan. Departed. CK? Yeah, the Departed. There's a. Collier's Way is obviously always going to be in the shadow of Scarface as well, isn't it? It's just a, yeah. one of those where it's kind of unavoidable. But... Um, after what we've said, dare I ask which film has the better opening scene? <laughs> no. You're all <laughs> it's the it's Departed. Um, best ending? Tough one. Mm. As much as I'd like shocking endings, but it's not as shocking. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, it is. It is the departed. I agree. All pop, popping up. Um, finally, best chemistry. The departed. CK. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Is bearing in mind, obviously, you've got such huge characters in this, and no matter what, they all seamlessly seem to be able to go in and out of scenes together. It's unbelievable, really. Yeah, I agree. Uh, 12-2 in the end to the departed so <laughs> Ouch. that goes that goes through to the next round and uh, Keenan if you're interested the uh, left hand side of the fixture list stays undefeated stays winning the home so, teams uh, keep winning yeah there we go um, what the next episode is remains to be seen I'm about to speak to Keenan about that uh, once we've stopped recording but there will be something out next Friday so uh, keep an eye on your feed then thanks for listening we will be back adios